Welcome back for another episode of the Dark Figures Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan. This is my co-host, Robert. Say hello, Robert. Hi, Robert. We are back here with another episode. Before we get there, we just want to give a shout-out to all of you out there. Thank you for liking, subscribing, and following along with us on our journey. If you haven't yet, hit that follow, hit that subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you can see when we put out new content. What episode are we on? We haven't done that Ooh, in a while. I think we're on 29. 29. We're on episode 29. Oh, we're doing good. We're cruising right along. And without further ado, we have Mr. Eric Marks Eric on Marks. the show today. Hey, how you doing? Got a name that I can't <laughs> fuck up. I love it. Yeah. Dude, we mess up everybody else's I name. I fuck up everybody's name every time. I'm definitely going to mess up some band names. Because uh, you you're a man of many parts. Yeah, man of many works. Yeah. So yeah. the photography and... Uh, I can't even count how many bands. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, it's not that video. It's like do you, four. Do you have a home? Do you do you do you have like your pocket that you like to sit in? Is it music? Is it photography? No, I, I just like. Is it kind of whatever? No, I just whatever comes and goes, man. I mean, music and photography is pretty much where I've dedicated my life. Yeah. So I Mu- just, the music was first, though, right? Uh, no, actually, no, really. Well, simultaneously, I guess as a little kid, uh-huh. I was doing both. Uh-huh. My grandpa was like very. He's, you know, back in those days, 70s. I'm 51 mm-hmm. this year, so. Oh, yeah. 51. So, like, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Like, that's a whole lot of Somebody older than Mike. Shades yeah. here in this <laughs> hey. spot on my head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in the... Uh, I'm lying to myself. I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Atlas <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we were on stage together, it was like, uh, between Isaac, me, and Scott, it was just like the wall of balls. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck. But, Usually uh, I'm shaved up, but psh, I've been lazy, man. Yeah. Back in those days, uh, Gramps was like chasing around with like you know magnesium flashes and big fucking uh-huh. packs and shit so, hold still for yeah. five minutes oh yeah yeah and I, I came from the bay area yeah. you know my dad moved here we moved here in 79 my dad was like the general motors parts distribution warehouse really plant manager really so they shut down the plant in oakland and my mom you know was like oklahoma here my mom's like there's no fucking way we're going to oklahoma right yeah, yeah so damn. thank god for that yeah um my my uh, grandpa was always like we just jump on BART from Fremont and just go hit San Francisco, go get some Chinese food, mm-hmm. Polaroid cameras. Oh, okay. So he got me my first camera and um, always, I, I literally cannot remember a time in my life when there wasn't like photography around. Yeah. Even little kids were fucking off playing with, you know, old broken cameras. And, right. Yeah. Top drawer in the kitchen always had the shitty photos. Yep, like, yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so, I, well, the parents had the tub full of pictures that they printed tub. out. Dude, uh, I had an old. Uh, it was. It had to have been around 1950s, 1940s, like the little tiny one, um, where it was just a little snap. Yeah. Just like. Oh little, yeah, yeah, yeah. The other thing, I played with that thing from like a good 10 years when I was like five to like yeah. 15 and then my dad said it was time to grow up I yeah. miss, get a big I miss camera those, the, the disposable ones man because there was something about like the pictures that would come out of those because it was always like guessing game right it was right like, like what'd you get did that come out right yeah. or what else did somebody do when they left my camera on the table right there was always that question like Oh God! Am I gonna regret taking this to get developed? <laughs> yeah, but the like thing has dick on there or something. Right. Like, oh, damn it. <laughs> the things with that is though, you couldn't mess with any of the settings. So it was no, like, no, it was it a was snap, and that was pretty shoot, much yeah. Dude, they shoot and pray. They come well, around now at weddings and shit. You'll see like the box cameras. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Disposable cameras. Yeah, but that's just more tables. like a fun thing. Yeah. Like you yeah. know, everybody yeah. was going there. You could just snap photos, yeah. and then at the end, they're like, "Oh yeah, what'd you get?" I mean, photography was expensive back then. Development. Oh yeah, it was a it was a serious thing. You know, you didn't fuck off a snap or yeah. And the Polaroid, uh, my first, you know, I'd go down. There used to be a, right over here, actually, a, a, a store called Skaggs or mm-hmm. Osco. Or mm-hmm. It was many iterations. Remember that? Yeah, I so you go down Skaggs Drug, and I get a, you know, I get a 
pack of fucking um, Polaroid, maybe eight eight sheets. It was like maybe ten bucks, which is big back then. But mm-hmm. I learned really quick that I could hustle them for ten bucks a snap. So I'd go to like oh, Ranger, there you go. Sold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like nine years old at Reindeer Lounge, we go you know tobogganing all day. Yeah. Then we go hit Reindeer from Pops and the crew getting all liquored up, and I yeah. just go table side, be like, if you would like a family portrait, and bam, ten bucks a pop, and so you make ninety bucks. Look at like, that. Yeah, my, so my, uncle, hustle my, photography. my uncle used yeah. to play there. <laughs> my uncle was uh, like, he, that was like his spot. Yeah, the Reindeer. Would, yeah, the Reindeer. Yeah, a lot of, I think a lot of people like I think Hendrix went through there. Yep. Maybe uh, Jerry wow. Garcia. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, 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 a lot of people did. I know Ricky. Hendrix used to play it all the time. Jimmy yeah. Hendrix, I believe that's his cousin. So yeah. he had like a the Ricky Hendrix experience, and he was like a house band up there. But I, I do believe wow. like, you know, and Chance Joplin, the Dead. A lot of people used to come through here and stop up at UNR, oh, ACDC, okay. or even Delmar Station. Oh, Delmar, yeah. Delmar, yeah. yeah, Delmar was up there on the top. So that's way right. back, you know, Scorpions made in, in the way back in the day. Played the fairgrounds in seventies and eighties, and yeah, those wow. early. Early, like, yeah, back in the day, huh? Yeah, Reno's was always, you know, because how we're located, so it's always been a cool stop. But well, it's kind of like the gateway to the Bay Area and vice versa, bit, you know. Yeah. Well, I always found out that it's like either the first stop or the last stop on the tour, dude. Mm-hmm. It's like they're either going home or they're starting the tour off here and then, you know, going in, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I guess it just depends. Yeah. Well, that was uh, Lamb of God and Megadeth. That was, I think, their last one, yeah. That was the last, last stop. stop on the tour. Yeah, yeah, Megadeth comes here a lot, yeah. yeah, GSR and other places. But being a guy who doesn't really drink that much, it's good for him. <laughs> 24-hour town, you know. Yeah. <laughs> David Stane? Yeah. Oh, fuck him. He's a douche. <laughs> I love the new Megadeth. I, I, I won't take off. Oh, the, I was going to, uh, yeah. Did you like it? Oh, it's slamming, dude. dude it's yeah. the best thrash music I've heard in years, decades, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, not, it's not often you get to hear thrash like that anymore. No, you know? Dave Mustaine, he keeps it real. I mean, yeah. in terms of his music, mm-hmm. I, I personally don't I don't like him personally, but right. yeah. who cares? He right, doesn't right, care. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Like, when people start weaving their politics and ideologies, ideologies yeah. into their... Well, it was funny because I yeah. don't know if you know, but he was what was it two days ago? I think he was on the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, it was two days. ago. I, I got kind of I got <laughs> kind of interested. I was like, I don't really know too much about Dave. Let's let, let's hear what he had. Did to you say. listen to? It? Yeah, I listened. Well, to the majority of it, yeah. you know. I, after a while, it's like you get tired of you know, you know. Well, he had that throat like, cancer God, too, right? So I'm pretty sure. But otherwise, you know, in 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 reality, you know, a lot of his stuff is, you know, very religious. Everything he's writing, you know, he about, always had, you know, he always had in, intelligent content. I always liked yeah. Dave Mustaine for writing intelligent content. But it, when it, when artists like him start championing certain mm-hmm. causes, that's when I right, was right, right. It's one thing to talk about things, but it's one right. thing to promote another to pr- promote them. Well, and especially if you're not if if you're not in the know about everything about it, you know what I mean. Like it's one thing to be like, I'm an expert in this stuff, so I study it or whatever, and I can speak on it. And it's another to just be like, well. This is what I heard, so I'm going to promote the shit out of it. And it's like, do you really know what you're talking about? Or are you just right. saying that because this group is? And then you, you know? have Ted Nugent. Right. Well, I was going <laughs> to bring that up, too, and I was and like, yeah, next Ted, thing you know, you're Ted Nugent. Yeah, so, well, yeah. Ted Nugent was on, his, on, on the Joe Rogan. Yeah, he, he was. was. He there, I think a couple surprising. times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But do you think it's, like, too preachy? Is that, like, the like he's just too preachy about Dave it? Dave Mustaine? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, who oh, cares yeah. what your religion? Listen, people ask me all the time, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? I'm like... First of all, who fucking cares? Right. And secondly, you've got ten links. Why I'm wrong? We live in the the world right, yeah. of the links. Yeah, right, yeah. Right, yeah. Fuck right. your Let links, me click dude. on yeah. this yeah. real quick. Yeah. Who cares what I yeah. fucking think, dude? Exactly. You know, I count on one hand the people that I care about what they care. Yeah, obviously yeah. that's not within a professional context or in a band. I care about what the audience thinks. I care about yeah. what my bandmates think. But, right. Uh, and being a little bit flippant, but like 
Like, I don't go on Facebook and talk about my politics. Right, 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 right. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, yeah, It's the world's biggest flaming trash pile on right. social mm. media. And what a, what a destructive turn it's taken. The last 10 years of MySpace was fun as fuck. No shit. I mean, we were just talking about, about, about yeah, We were dude, literally right? just talking about now, every this, screen, Every asshole on the planet's got a fucking microphone and telling you what you think. And they have at least 10 other assholes that agree with them. Yeah. Regardless right. of, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's assholes in Dal- Dallas right now waiting for JFK and Michael Jackson. And they, that's real. That's legit, right? <laughs> I mean, if you fucking follow QAnon. The second coming. Dude, just, just take it out of my space. I don't have time yeah. on this planet for your bullshit. Yeah. You know, 10 years ago, it's, you know, one day it's the pet rock, now it's QAnon. I mean, just whatever. This right. shit just yeah. comes and goes. What's and the yeah. next fad? What's the next What's the next shit the political? to talk about? Yeah. The next current thing. Yeah. yeah. And to politicize things like that is just such a destructive thing no to shit. do. I think of people like my mom, you know, who's terrified of the world anymore, and I'm, I try to explain to her, it, you know, it's not really, the world's no different than it was 20 years ago. Right. Except for social media. Yeah. yeah. Literally, the only thing that's different is that every fucking asshole has a microphone. Yeah, everybody, you can hear everybody's <sighs> fucking dumb opinions, their dumb thoughts. Yeah. Before there, you didn't, you were I'm like, a, I'm unguilty. You I'm knew there were people water, out dude. there that had dumb fucking ideologies or you know opinions on shit, but you didn't hear it all the time. You weren't exposed to all the idiots all the time. And now, the second you log in, it's like you're bombarded by at least a handful right out the gate. You're like Jesus, and I think it, it gets, just becomes white noise. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. I just I think it's when they just push it too hard. I mean, I, I, I look at it as like, you know, if somewhere where I could put my photos, you know, something I, I, I care about, like right. my, you know, artist, you know, you know, whatever I'm Using making. Using for what it was intended for. Right. Yeah. And not be like, oh, this is what I think of this and this and is what I think in touch of this. With people. Yeah. It used, to, it used to be no like button. No. No algorithm. It was post your pictures and speak with people that maybe you don't see all the time or it's not as easy to get a hold of. They live across the country or whatever. Well, that's why I liked Instagram more. Yeah. Than, you know, it's just because it was just put up your photo. Yeah. Like, I'm good with that. Dude. No. But well, you have to be so aware of what's going on with yeah. how you're being manipulated. Mm-hmm. And uh, I even, listen, when Facebook first started, I was up there posting my fucking status updates. Oh, yeah. This, right. that, and the other. And then, and, you know, the novelty wore off, and I was just kind of like, and I got engaged in internet arguing, which is probably the, the, the mm-hmm. most incredible waste of my human experience, yeah. is right. me in, arguing with people on the uh, internet, yeah. promoters, right. yeah. Yeah. arguing with fucking promoters <laughs> on the internet, like, right? <laughs> like, no, dude, I don't want to be paid in cocaine in Little Caesars. I don't right. do, yeah, do yeah. one of those yeah. things. Yeah. Uh, so my band, I, don't, I don't need you your well yeah. drinkers. Yeah. You don't want to pay 250 bucks <laughs> for my band to show up 300 miles away. Right. You know, then yeah. it's, just, it's cool. I get it. But I, we'd like to come play. Yeah. Right, right. And, 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 you know, Rob encountered a little bit of that. We were in a band together for a while. And I take when I'm in a band, I, I tend to get a little bit more serious because I'm I'm like, OK, when you get on the road for as long as I've been on the road, mm-hmm. shit happens. It's wild out there. And you right. have to just have like, OK, if if you're A, B, C, D, well, if C falls through, there is no. DEF. No, that's gone. And it really yeah. fucks up everything. Mm-hmm. So if you're counting on limited funding to even get to another city, and then mm-hmm. you know the promoters want to play shanky games or like Reno is really weird. When I first started in the Reno music scene, it was like 1986, 87. Mm-hmm. And uh, my first concert was Duran Duran at Lawler Event Center. Yeah, we yeah. talked about this, too, yeah. Yeah, dude, and I, I put down my violin to my mom, I want to be a rock star. Yeah. I never saw so many fucking girls in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I want to do that <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> forever, yeah. right? And those guys yep. were all, like, models. And Duran Duran was a bo- So they knew how to work. Dudes. Yeah, I actually, uh, if you want to hear a funny story, I snuck upstairs, upstairs to... Uh, my mom had a friend, and she had two teenage daughters. They came up to see Duran Duran. We went and saw the concert, and then afterwards, we went to the what was then the MGM. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were staying there, and I was, you know, I was like 14, maybe it was like 80, 85 or 86. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. 
and um, I got on a service elevator. And being just who I am, I just went upstairs and just going floor to floor until I found Duran Duran. Yeah. And it's everything you would think it was in yeah. a fucking rock star floor. Yeah. People in the all 80s. down the hallway. Bro, just running up yeah. and down, naked girls, people uh-huh. doing fucking drugs. I mean, it was, it was awesome, right? It was yeah. just everything you're like 14, 15 yeah. years old. Yeah. Like, uh. oh. So I just going around, I'm like, are you in Duran Duran? Are you in Duran Duran? And I finally came across, he's like, are you in Duran Duran? He's like, yeah, I'm the drummer. I'm like, oh, what, can I get your autograph for my friend? He's like, yeah, come on in. So we go into Roger Taylor's fucking hotel room, and he gets the calendar thing next to the phone. And he signs the fucking thing. He's like, I don't know if you're supposed to be up here. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. You know, so I was like, no, I'm, no, I'm not. not the point. It's okay. It's cool. I took the service elevator. So, he's like, know. I think we should get you back downstairs. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. and then right when he's walking out, here comes security, of course, because my mom is oh, yeah. right, oh. the, the Sicilian Catholic yeah, Portuguese yeah, yeah. mom. Where's right, my yeah. baby? Yeah. Uh, more like, where the fuck is he? Oh, he's right, in yeah, big yeah. trouble. Yeah. <laughs> it, wasn't, it was more like, get your. I was in big trouble. I got a bell waiting for you. Yeah. So yeah. I got downstairs, I got the autograph, you know, it was, uh, that right there was just like, this is what I want to do with my life. Yeah. Fuck yeah. For sure. Fuck so, yeah. Then I, I played a couple of years, like in 88, the first time I ever like played out was like, I snuck out to some party over off Wells Avenue, this band called Ragdoll. Uh-huh. And uh, they're like, their bass player was like, I don't know, too whacked on something and he uh-huh. just was passed out or the, the bass player was AWOL. Does they're anybody like, know how to play? <laughs> <laughs> you got a bass? You got a bass? I was like, I one. So they drove me home, right? And I snuck in because my parents would have fucking freaked out. Yeah. Snuck back and he's like, here's three notes, play this. And we played like knocking on heaven's door for like two hours. We're going to stretch this out here. It's a basement house. Yeah, and then, yeah. Uh, and uh, as a kid going to read class of 90, uh-huh. you know, all the band rock on, uh, mm-hmm. fucking rock, rock on. on. Yeah, rock. Rock on and the Grover brothers. Yeah, yeah. I still talk to you know, uh, Mike and Mark are friends of mine. They're you know, and then uh, Rock Boulevard, Rock Boulevard, Razor Maid, uh-huh. White yeah. Widow, yeah, all these like super metal bands uh-huh. were, were out. It was the heyday of hair metal, so right, 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 right. And then the ni- 90s, it kind of evolved a little bit more to you got bands like Wreckage coming out a little bit right. harder, and Troy Faddis and Dan, um, Dan's a good friend of mine too, yeah, yeah. you know, and then Mike Mello and. All those guys were Demented Ted. You know, Eric Alvarez used to live here, and he went off to Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh and played in Demented Ted, which had a little bit of success there for a minute. And mm-hmm. Neil Wong, you guys know that guy? He was, like, the resident. He was, like, the first, like, Mike Orris kid. He was, like, the first dr- oh, really? big-time oh, drummer here. Yeah. And uh, he, a good friend of mine. He ended up playing in Blood Ritual. And then in 90, 1990, I started playing with Roger Colstock. And a kid named Brian Bloodsaw, who's uh-huh. unfortunately deceased. Yeah, yeah, he was a drummer. Yeah, I was like, that sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, and that's when I, you know, I started meeting people like Danny Galecki and like Levi yeah. Watson and all the other Reno guys. And Danny would show up, and he was, you know, rapping, and we were all like good friends, and everybody had like yeah. all these. Galecki. Yeah. Oh yeah. Did you really? <laughs> oh yeah. No shit. I could Eisenberg not too. see fucking Danny being up that fucking <laughs> rapid. Yeah, dude. he had like a satanic black black mass. I think it was. Called. Really? Yeah. Really. It was badass, dude. Danny's oh, always been an amazing musician, right? Yeah. Friends with him since forever, and then we did that for like a year, and then like 1991. Roger and I wanted to take it. Neil Wong and I wanted to start a death metal band. We were like, uh-huh. Neil started showing me bands like Spaz mm. and fucking like Pungent Stench and all these precursors like Napalm Death. Right, right. yeah, yeah. Old shit. Bolt Thrower. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So uh, I put a bass. I've got an old heavy metal distortion pedal, plugged it in my bass amplifier, and Neil moved his drum kit into my sister's old bedroom, and we were just playing like fucking. <laughs> And then we started opening for all these bands at like the Fallout Shelter on First Street. Oh, Fallout! Yeah, so I don't. Started, even, I don't remember that. Yeah, I remember Fallout. We started gigging yeah. there. I mean, Marilyn Manson came through yeah, there before Marilyn they were even anything. There. No we, shit. Yeah, I played yeah. With Orange Pill. Like this is like 91, 92. Yeah. I thought it was offspring at that place. Yeah, yeah. So we're just like, I was singing and you know playing bass and Neil's playing drums and we we're just up there making shit up. Yeah. Just totally. Just, we were 
definitely the first death metal band in Reno. We wanted to we wanted to be the first death metal band here. Right. There was a lot of punk bands around. Dirty Steve, yeah. Drunk Fucking Idiots. Yeah. yeah. You had bands like Wicked were around. Um, uh, was it those, Seven those, Seconds back then too? Oh yeah, yeah. They were. Yeah. You know, that was kind of the punk scene. And yeah. Everything. Punk I'd scene, go over yeah. to the Castle House on Keystone, sneak out when I was a kid yeah. in high school and shit. Yeah. And then ninety two ish, we, we kind of ran that for a minute, and it was it was really fun. And then Roger wanted to join, and so we Roger we didn't have a guitar player, so we're like yeah. So then Roger joined. We went like two more years, and then we had a singer named Justin Skeleton, who's still a good friend of mine. He sang for a while, and then it ultimately, like about three years, we ran pretty we went pretty good. And then Roger ended up playing bass for Fall Silent. So I mean, hold on, did you? So you ended up playing a few years with just bass and drums? <laughs> yeah, we, I was like, we played a couple. That work out. Yeah, was it was like, awesome. <laughs> we opened up for like, let's see, we were opening for all the straightish bands back then because straightish oh, was yeah, huge yeah, back yeah. then. Yeah. Start, yeah, Unconquered, Discipline, yeah. okay, New Blood. You know, even the precursors to those bands. Like, oh wow! I think yeah. it was, uh, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, oh my God, I'm drawing. Mike, he works at Recycled Records. Oh. So he was the first singer for, like, one of the first straight... Mike yeah, Ward. Yeah. Um, Mike Ward, I think. Ward. 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 Yeah. Because yeah, so. he also helped develop the 14th Ward, because that, that was one of the places where, like, plays, uh, Arcadia yep, and all these other straight-edge bands were yeah. playing. Yeah, yeah, for Arm for sure. Battle and, and stuff. Arm for Yeah, Arm for Battle. We used to all play one. in these storage sheds behind Baldini's yeah. next to the Hostess factory. <laughs> oh, yeah. In wintertime, bro. Freezing balls, <laughs> Right, you know? yeah, yeah. I had a band no called, heater. Nothing, dude. I had a band called Terminal Existence with this Indian kid who called himself Indian Eric. Yeah. And uh, Damien Scobie was my drummer. You guys remember Damien Scobie? He oh, was up, up against it and a bunch of old... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think... I think it was up against it. Maybe not. Was that that's Chuck's band? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's not. So it wasn't up against it. It was a uh, show force, I think. Uh, this is going back to like ninety one, right, yeah, yeah, ninety. Okay, okay. So we were a three piece, and I was fronting that band singing, and uh, the straight edgers moved in, or they were there. Yeah. I remember giving. Uh, I think they were, were they unconquered or disciplined first? I think first they were disciplined. Uh huh. And that's when Mike, and then we all ended up moving over to use Stort and Sparks to those storage sheds. And then that's when I started meeting, you know, Mike Schmidt came over there, big Mike Schmidt, the drummer. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the drummer for like Unconquered. And then that's when I met like Levi and those mm-hmm. guys and Jason Lyons and all those dudes came around. And mm-hmm. we, we didn't, we had like a weird relationship back in those days because they were like militant, their kind of thing. Yeah, right. And we're just a bunch of fucking stoners playing right, death right. Now. We didn't give a fuck about yeah. anybody's politics. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. And, you know, they, people would flex on each other here and there, but we, we all made friends and we were all friendly. Right. And we ended up opening all the straight edge shows because oh, really? yeah, yeah. So yeah. we'd show up and you'd have like. you had the heavy sound. Bro, and they'd fucking yeah. pull. It'd be like 300 straight edgers like doing this to you, but then yeah. you'd play, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah and store and base. And, and then, then they're in it. They're like, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, the <laughs> golf cool. Can we clap? Yeah, yeah. I saw some wild straight shows that I saw those fucking kids break the stage there dude I one night they ended up owing the venue like 400 bucks oh, oh no shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> like they just felt like just yeah I think that was di- I'm pretty sure that was discipline or, or new blood yeah. I think discipline turned into unconquered or new blood okay unconquered maybe I don't know that's 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 hard to remember all these yeah, yeah. but these guys are still around and it's cool to see them and that's you know there's a lot of history in Reno and I'm, oh, yeah. I'm just really I feel honored to be have been part of it yeah right yeah. place right time right yeah yeah, yeah. well you know it's that- funny because like you know me being a the baby in in this whole room right now and you know I wasn't introduced to the local scene until way late like into the late 2000s like 2009 2010 and so i i I love learning more about where the music scene has evolved from yeah you know that's that's why i wanted to get you on here because i knew your background was way deep into the whole scene here because i think the first the first 
three local bands that I knew of from Reno that did anything worth a damn that people would talk about was Levitz Levitz, Seven Seconds, Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, fucking... um, Oh my God! Why am I drawing a blank? Tim's Tim's band, uh, Dark, Dark Carnival. Carnival. Dark Carnival. Yeah. So even before that, Convicted yeah. Innocence was a pretty big band, and mm-hmm. those guys were uh, really kind of dominant on the scene for a long time. Yeah, like Convicted Innocence, and they all ran, and I ran hard with those guys until uh, I ran hard with Repugnance until about '94, '95, mm-hmm. and, and then Roger and I. Uh, Roger was my best friend for many, many years. We got fishing, and uh, he had a really terrible drug and alcohol problem, which ultimately ended his life, yeah. which is sad yeah. and uh, tragic tragic right. actually and mm-hmm. at that point in time raptured our friendship he went off to join fall silent and you know we were just kind of like oh you know fuck him and fuck those right guys. right yeah, yeah. Uh, even though we were you know we were all just friends but just right just the story shed rivalries or yeah whatever. yeah, and, yeah. And, and probably not even real rivalry just perceived rivalry. Yeah, right right you know how it is and then so i didn't play music for a couple of years I, I literally just put my bass down I was so fucking pissed off i was yeah. just like fuck everybody fuck this town i didn't like straight edge music yeah. right. i didn't like straight edge ideology even more so at oh the time, yeah. I was, right right i know some of the people around here were really violent yep and, yeah no uh, shit I mean, I'll, I'll say it if they were sitting here they, they know their history yeah yeah and uh but yeah it was really kind of depressing and then right around 98 my friends like louis like hey this band delta nine's looking for a bass player and i didn't play it, and i'm like huh maybe get back in the scene maybe i went over and talked to my i went over and watched them and they were like this alice in chains band playing in like drop a and i was like okay this is cool and wow. uh, the singer and the guitar player <laughs> that low yeah, was alice alice in chains? yeah i could not hear alice in chains in fucking drop a dude so tuning was like it was like a d a d i don't know it's just a special a yeah i was playing on a four string <laughs> <laughs> is this bad is this bad but i didn't it wasn't like my thing but i was kind of into it the singer was from a band called mr grinch in mm-hmm. seattle which had a pretty kind of a Good you know following. light supportive yeah. following in the seattle scene and so i started playing that kind of bump da, 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 da. Yeah. i was playing my fingers and yeah and i did that for about a year and then uh the guitar player ryan he went to different directions and he's a good friend of mine still and i was like okay i'm gonna um I'm just going to try and do a metal band again. So I had went to see Fall Silent, mm-hmm. and I videotaped them one night. This is like 98. When I was just getting into video still. And uh-huh. I bootlegged Fall Silent at a show, went home. I had one of the first computers, a, a Mac 2CI or 2VX mm-hmm. in 98. And so I burned the audio off onto CDs, and I, I burned like 20 copies of them, printed Burning up these discs. cool little oh, covers. And is this, I went to, this the start of uh, No Town? This is even before. This is like '98. Oh no! So this, yeah, this yeah. okay. So I, I showed wasn't the sure rodeo rock. I, that was later on the 2000s. Oh okay. And uh, I went to another fall silent show at Rodeo Rock and handed. I was handing out the CDs, giving them to Levi and, and yeah. Danny. And this kid Travis is like, "Hey, that's cool. Can you do that for my band? I got this 14 year old drummer. He's badass." I'm like, "Yeah." So I went over and, and watched him, and I, that's when I met Mike Orris and those guys. Yeah. And I was 28 at the time, and I saw that. Oris play and I was like, oh, I can mark this to the okay. fucking end of the day. Yeah, I'd already had you know 15 years of experience. Right. Yeah. So these kids were fresh, and then four months later, Mike Oris was working at Bizarre Guitar, and he met a kid named Mike Stewart who was 14. Yeah. Now I got a guitar prodigy and a yeah. fucking. You know, so I was like, hey, kick your bass player out. Let's fucking let's get something going. Let's do something. And they did. Yeah. 
and we we had a, a tremendous amount of initial success. Yeah. And then oh yeah, yeah, that was that was my first. I remember the first interaction because we used to play with you guys all the time. Dude. Two, about two thousand, right around. Yeah, 2000. right. Uh, that's why I said no time because I remember you recording our DVD. Our DVD. That yeah, that was like two thousand five. Uh, I was gonna oh. say it was early two thousand. Yeah, yeah, maybe three or four. I think it was yeah around three or four. I, I think. started no, I started my video production company in five, so it probably would have been right around. Oh, five. so it had to been it had to been right there then because yeah. uh, I still have the DVD. I got to play. I have it too. <laughs> Yeah, it's I'll awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Up in Maytan. Yeah, uh, Maytan. We did Maytan, and then <laughs> we did Maytan, and then we did Stonies. Yeah, uh, did. with Skin Lab that's and right. fucking um, so hostility. Fucking money. Mm. Really? Yeah. No shit. Yeah, Steve, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot. I'm here to collect. Sixteen hundred dollars was coming. People don't forget. God damn. Dude. Yeah, we did a DVD production in Oakland for Skin Lab, and it, you know, it turned out not to be what they were expecting. But that's yeah, you know, we signed a contract. And yeah, yeah. Well, I went through a little thing with them. I mean, it's it's who cares now? It's twenty years ago. Almost, right, right. But, yeah. uh, uh, those days were were cool. And then I, you know, Patsy Zagari was like my brother growing up. I, uh. I've known Pat. I knew Patsy since nineteen seventy nine. Mm-hmm. Uh. And when he founded Dark Carnival, before Dark Carnival even he, he playing his garage was called Grappa. Yeah, uh-huh. some wine. We're all Sicilians. Him, him and me, him and I, our families were friends. And uh, that was uh, a cool thing to watch him evolve, and you know, then get his band. He also had problems with singers. They went through uh, Isaac, yeah, yeah, yeah. Isaac and then Shane, Shane. Shane, yeah. But Mike Mello, you know, I was playing the drums for him. And, and Mike he has even more history than I do, or really? as much in the Reno music scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Mike was, you know, was cool to watch Dark Carnival evolve. I, I, that's when I started doing graphic art, and I was doing their graphic art. I did their first CD. And mm-hmm. Patsy was, is more like family than anything. And, and he, unfortunately, owed, uh, yeah. well, he's deceased, too. Yeah. But. Yeah. He was right over here, wasn't he? Yeah, right yeah. next to Reno? Yeah, we all grew up next to Reno. I grew up on Beatty Circle, and Pat was right around the fucking corner. Yeah, so my okay. old guitar player, Kyle McGill... Uh, introduced me to Dark Carnival because his mom was working at Bold Man, which was where Tim was working. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I would go to the hard. I, that was one of the first shows I went and saw. Is at the Hard Hat, and it was fucking Dark Carnival. Timmy. And it was yeah. six foot Isaac up there. I think it was the first show ever at Hard Bumped Hat. His head on yeah. The ceiling, yeah. And, well, he was blowing fire, and I was like, the, the, literally, this the the ceiling is seven foot tall, and Isaac's out there at like yeah. six foot. He's six, eight. He was six eight. I was, was like, like he was right there, and he was like just blowing <laughs> fire right into him. I'm like, fucking. I'm like looking around. I'm like, the hard hat <laughs> shows were legendary, dude. Dude, that, I was that like, all started. Uh, I got so sick of promoters back in those days. Yeah, and you know, and still to this I day, I thought it was going smooth, but I didn't know fucking shit, dude. I was so fucking green. Well, that ears, whole dude. thing started because <clears throat> my guitar player Mike Stewart and I, uh. we could not find venues that were supporting underage shows, yeah. all age shows, and. I just simply started going up and down, driving up and down the street, looking for bars. And I found this this place, and I walked into it, and I saw that they had a separate venue. And so I approached the owner. Her name was Barbara, uh-huh. and she owned the T-shirt company next door. Yeah. And so I pr- I made a, pr- a proposition. I said, "Listen, I will. You let me book three bands for three dollars, uh-huh. all ages. We'll pump the twenty-one and older through your bar, and then we'll take the all-age kids up through this door. Since you have two separate entrances, yep. we'll rope it off. Yeah. I'll fucking feed these kids popcorn. You can sell them bottle dollars of water, and we'll split the door. Yeah." Right, everybody makes money. That Everybody's happy. Wow. And that sounds like a great deal. To- and then more importantly, everybody has a safe environment yeah. for, to have a cool show. Yeah, right. and I wouldn't have been able to see fucking shows like that. Because the I was first show age. we ever threw there, I think, was it was uh, Existence and Dark Carnival. Yeah, we fucking packed it. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of kids. Yeah. It got to be out of control. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. At, at times, and 
that's how the hard hat even started, and yeah. it became like a legendary Sparks venue. Yeah. So I, I was really, you know, really happy to have been had a hand in that. And, yeah. And Barbara and I had a great working relationship. I started making all my T-shirts there for yeah. existence. Right. That T-shirt you're wearing was made there. Really? <laughs> yeah, it was made at the fucking hard hat by Barbara. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right yeah. Next Shut door. No yeah. joke, yeah. dude. I drew yeah. that on my computer. Yeah. <laughs> I copped that JPEG. I want you You wore it. <laughs> yeah, I knew it was coming on. Uh, that's awesome, uh, man. That's, yeah. That means a lot to me. It's yeah. very humbling, you know. Just the, the Reno history is deep, and we we were really for all the straight edge bands. Yeah, I saw those fucking straight edge just hanging themselves from meat hooks over there through yeah. like body piercings. That's crazy. Yeah, it started getting wild, and wow. then like I remember one night we were playing us and like I think Unconquered or Discipline or something straight edge yeah. bands in existence, and a bunch of skinheads showed up. And then the the, the oh, blood that was bad, you know, skinheads yeah. used to be oh. around Reno. Yeah, yeah, see oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Used to be a big following here. Yeah, those fucking shit bags. I mean, good riddance, but uh, yeah, no they, shit. they showed up one time to a, like a an unconquered show, and I was just like, I mean, oh, the this, blood was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and, boiling. And, you yeah. can feel the tension yeah, in the air. Yeah, luckily, I think they got the fuck out of there. They they were just smart enough to leave. Yeah, and yeah. not welcome. Yeah, but back not so invited, not welcome. Not yeah, invited. back to existence because that's how I got familiar with you guys, the Iglesias brothers. So uh, yeah. I was playing with Nevermute. I've been playing with them for forever, and I remember we were playing the Shark Sandwich. This, do you remember the Shark Sandwich? No, you don't remember the Shark Sandwich. Is it's on. It was venue? on Wells. Yeah, it was a venue on Wells. Maybe, man. And it was right across from the gas station on uh, Wells and uh, is that Vassar. It's not Vassar. Right by um, uh, Marcatone. Okay. So that street right there, yeah. and if you go down towards like uh, uh, South Virginia, there's that little bar on the corner, and it was like our first, <laughs> it's like our first or second show with you guys, and so I was watching, it and I was like Mike Orris, as a drummer, I was like, yeah, fuck is this guy, <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker, dude. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I within six months, I had two f- fourteen-year-old prodigies. Yeah. And I was already networking to record companies, mm-hmm. and but you know. I remember those old photos of you guys were like behind the truck. You guys yeah, had we photo had because back in those days you had to make a press kit, right? Yeah. Send them off to record companies and shit. And Oris, that fucking lunatic, he just he texted me just like uh, two months ago. Yeah, like ninety texts in a row. Yeah. Fuck you, fuck Reno. I'm just like, hey, yeah. bro, listen, I'm the, and I'm not blasting everybody who knows Mike knows he's yeah. has a tendency to implode. It's Mike. Yeah, I, I mean, love that I, guy. I love that guy. That's that's my family. You know, yeah. but you know, I have aunts and uncles I don't like. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. yeah. But he just doesn't know yeah. how to behave. It's like yeah. behave yourself, bro. Yeah. The, the kid, the the reason in existence really never went anywhere is because it was two steps forward one step back yeah with that particular position in the band yeah and that personality and his you know his brother jake yeah is our singer and right it was just it was just so arduous dealing with somebody who was just that kind of personality uh, it was just tough and i'm like bro every time we we had we were packed up to go to the milwaukee metal fest and this was when this was the absolutely the, the final turning point for us we had i had slotted us right before Exodus, uh, and uh, you know, like I thought, thousands of people turn out for right, us. right before yeah. Exodus. We we're packing the fucking shit, and then you know he had an episode and yeah. didn't go, and yeah. we ended up not going, and then we ended up ultimately looking for another drummer. Right, yeah. and then that's when that band started going different direction. We found Todd Morgan. He Todd, was, Todd was another fucking great. Yeah, I mean, he was only with balls drummer, enough dude. to step up to yeah. fill with Mike's shoes. We went through so many drummers like, oh, I can't play. Well, you, you can't because it's like you're following Mike, dude. <laughs> so luckily, Todd, dude, I'm glad you guys picked up Todd. Right. Uh, just, yeah. just to be able to sit, like, see that. Cause, oh, the shred drummer. Dude, he's so good. Tried to get him to play for Enslave a few times. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what he's doing nowadays. I don't know. I haven't talked to him in a while. It was, it was 
that those days were fucking awesome, dude. I mean, I like, love the shows days. were yep. amazing. They the were local great. support was amazing. Yep. The scene was great. I don't really know what's going on much in the scene nowadays, dude. I, and it's, I know, dude, it's fucking so rough out there right now. Yeah, I mean, but look at there's like very little support for all ages. Yep. So the yeah. kids that want to oh, come, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. they can't. No. Yeah. Right? There's nowhere to go. Yeah. The venues and the promoters are still money centric. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, I never subscribed. I had open. I, I, we don't need to talk about who, but anybody who knows me or, or us knows yeah. who. I had open conflicts with people who tell me you can't play within two weeks of this show. Right. I'm like, fuck off, dude. I'm playing twice tonight, bitch. I'm gonna yeah. play. I'm gonna play at the fucking knit, and then right. I'm gonna go over to the hideout. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, exactly. And if yeah. people come, they go. Right. Yeah. If you don't want to give me my check, I will blast you on social media. Yeah, yeah. Because at that point in time, that's what you did. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. fuck cunty promoters. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna hold my money hostage after yeah. I did pre-sales. That's another thing. What's yeah. That? Right. Slinging fucking pre-sales for a local Reno show. Yeah. What fuck are you talking I, about right I, now, dude? I started some. Huge. Well, it, but you had a valid point because, because uh, you you were talking about pay to plays too. I was talking about pay to plays. That's what yeah, it amounts to if it's not a national gig right. with a real promoter. Yeah, right. if, if that's what you have to do, that's if you're what you doing have to do. a pay yeah. to you're play, helping the show, you're helping the promoter. Right. You, you and you're paying for the touring act. That's you know big big as fuck. Right. That's the band that everyone's paying to open for to go see and. If you're a local band, that's your opportunity, whether you take it or you don't. You, you're making an investment, right? The investment's fine as long as you're not gouging and, and taking advantage of it. But if it's not a band, that's worth it. You know what I mean? That's where the problem comes into, and I think that was a lot of your Oh, you point. mean the national act? Yeah. 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 You know, when you've got a national act that what it hasn't had, been pulling since the 80s. Right. You're not gonna and it's like, get that what? Draw. You well, know you I mean? make the decision, though, right? You, you make the decision to do it or don't. It's on both right. parties, 100%. But don't it's agree on... to do it and then be a fucking kind of right. But my, right. my thing was... It, it depends on the show, and it depends on what your band wants out of it, right? Absolutely. Always. Does it benefit you to get right. that on your, on and, your resume? And sometimes you, you make it outright, and you go, damn, I'm so glad we did that because... Even though we didn't make a whole lot of money out of this, and maybe we're a little broke, but we made some great connections. We made new friends with this touring act Absolutely. that I've appreciated, that I've listened to. It's like now I have their number or whatever it may have been. You got to see a sick yeah. show. Be you got part to see of a it. sick show. You shared the stage yeah. with them, right? Yeah. I don't and that's an experience you may or may not ever forget. You yeah. know, and that's that could be in itself worth the whole ordeal, or it may not. Put putting and into it's it, rolling the dice. But and I that's think the hard part. Putting, I, I don't want to fucking put this on like a certain person. So, the it's not the fact that they were putting they put in for the show. It was the amount that they had to put in for the show. And I don't know if that. Makes and, sense. and when you say that, do you mean by the bands that had to put in? Yes. Okay. Like the amount of 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 money they had to put in to play the show. Okay. The only and time I ever encountered that was the Metal Fest. They had to pre, you know, they said, they said here's, mm -hmm. you owe us $1,300, and here's 100 tickets. Mm -hmm. Do with them what you can. And I'm like, I'm in fucking Reno, bro. Right. <laughs> what do you want me to do with the 100? There was like, the internet was in its infancy at the time. Yeah, yeah. People were still emailing lists. Right. You're, you're yeah, handing yeah. flyers out by hand. Yeah. <laughs> and in, in, but they know that. They know that. They absolutely know that. And that, yeah. that's a little bit of a different situation. In my hometown, in Reno, yeah. if you're playing here and National Act's coming through, and you choose to engage in that kind of thing, knowing that's what it is. That's your choice. Be a man and man up and do it or don't. Right. My problem here was always been and is still to this day when you have a local venue and you have a local promoter. Yeah. And they're like, you got to sell these. And if you don't sell or even the best one is depending on how many tickets you sell, it depends on where you're slotted. 
Get the fuck <laughs> yeah, out of here. Yeah, what yeah. are you talking yeah, about? Yeah. I don't need you. I don't. I always tell people, and what people seem to have forgot over the generations, and we, what we absolutely knew in the '80s and early '90s, you can have a show. You can have a show without a venue or a promoter, but you sure the fuck can't have a show without a band. Right. right. The band has the power. Yeah. <laughs> but when you start letting people tell you, yeah. you're going to do yeah. this, and then you're at the alley, and here's 100 pre-sales, you have to sell to play third. Right. Get right. the fuck out of yeah. here. Yeah. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. And then I show up, and I can't have my flyers out for my other shows. Yeah. And no. I mean, yeah, just God what the forbid. fuck are you talking about, dude? When we first started the existence, we would, and the community, even in the early days, even in the fall silent repugnant, we show up to each other's shows. Yeah. And everybody was handing out flyers, flyers for the other show. Yeah. Go to this show, go there. The venues weren't like, oh, you're taking business from me. Well, dude, your, your place sucks and nobody comes here unless there's a show. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, the six idiot drunks that yeah, live yeah, in the yeah. fucking neighborhood. Yeah, regulars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, if you want to, you want to have a symbiotic relationship or do you want to be a fucking cunt, you know, right. and, and fuck off if you do. I don't, I guess a lot of people sometimes would have problems with me personally because I just say, say it that bluntly. I like it but, like that. Yeah. But that's, that it needs to be said. I yeah, think so it's too. Never and I don't think a lot thing. of people no, have that. I don't think a lot of people have that. No, and, and and I think a lot of it is the fact that you know a lot of the younger bands just don't don't know any better. They don't, and, and they don't know. Yeah, and, and that's the hard part, you know. They, and eventually, you're going to learn it, you know. And maybe you learn it the hard way, or maybe you you listen to somebody like you who's been around a while and has been in the scene for as long as you have to see all these different venues and the way they've conducted business. And you can share that experience and be like, look, you can listen to me or you don't. I That's th- exactly right. I never try to enforce my right. perspective. My way it's is entirely up to, to my students. No. My way is not the way. It's a way. Yeah. But when you have that kind of history and you've played every known scenario and then you see, you know, I'm 51. So I, I've seen four five, six generations of musicians come through the yeah. different. And you try to tell them, hey, this is what works. Right. It's not I didn't create it still to this day. If you have a show yeah. with an all ages venue. And you have three bands for three dollars. You will pack that motherfucker. Yes. Right. Right. And if the venue doesn't make money, that's the venue's problem for sucking. Yeah. yeah. Right. You don't need that venue. Go, yeah. Go do it out in the hills of the generator. Yeah. yeah. We used yeah. To do that it's shit the, all the time. Yeah. yeah. The pits, man. The, the pits. Park. Yeah. The you will, pits. You'll always rock. find venues, and li- venues will always make money. Yeah. Right. They're worried about problem. Well, we've got security. We've got bartenders. We've got. Well, you have that anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if we want to open that night, we have to make sure we have a five hundred dollar guarantee from the bands. When the fuck did the bands become responsible for promoting five hundred dollars worth of fucking money into promoting a, your a millionaire's now. pocket? Yeah. Right, because if they didn't have that show, they wouldn't have been getting that anyway. You're not going to no. get anything, right? Yeah, you're not going to get. But oh, well, we don't. And I've had guys who own like those buildings tell, "Well, we don't need you. We'll just we'll shut it down for the night. We'll yeah. shut it down, yeah. dude. You're I, not hurting my feelings. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm still going to have my pocket. Show. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll find somewhere else. If I don't understand the, the logic behind that, it always was so nonsensical to me, and then. Yeah. You know, and it was never a personal attack to anybody personally. When you tr- when you would, in the early days of social media, again, mm-hmm. if you were to speak out and, and nicely at first, right, and then people would be like, "Well, dude, this is just fucked. You're fucking bands, bro. Yeah, I yeah. mean, why? And you're in a band, yeah, and yeah. you don't even live here, and you're calling it your scene, yeah, you know? right, yeah, 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 yeah. What are you fucking talking about, <laughs> yeah, bro? Right, I got yeah. a handful of people that have been here for twenty years, yeah. and we're like, what are you talking about yeah. right now? Your scene. We got to. I just saw somebody post. The other day, and like, we got to get our scene back together, and this is what we need to do. Yeah, and I'm hey. like, stop with the fucking procedure. Yeah, it yeah, didn't yeah, work yeah. last time you did it. It oh. didn't work the time before that when you tried. Right. And just have have shows, have fun. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, once music became a business uh, on the local level, it right. really was. And I think social media, in a lot of ways, helped local 
markets become business oriented for some reason. Yeah. Nobody's hand. Nobody makes flyers anymore. No. Nobody goes Have out. We talked about that. It's all about yeah. like, oh, I made an event page and nobody showed up. I, I can't believe we're, we're, you know, we're so good. And right. Came yeah. to our show. Right. Why did you? Yeah. What did you do, yeah. bro? Yeah. What did you do? It's not good. Like, where? Where is everybody? Yeah, the venue's not going to make any posters for no. you. They're not going. You're lucky no. if you're on the marquee. If right. there is a marquee, they're fuck marquee. Where's the marquee here? Yeah. I don't even know if there's. And you know, times will change, right? Because now the way to promote is through social media, because everybody's on it at this point now, right? Or the majority of people. So yeah, you're not seeing those people handing out flyers anymore. But the hard part is, it, I think more now more than ever, it need. Playing in a band, playing music needs to be about the artist doing what they love instead of because, you know, the MTV era, I think, really a promoter's pushed. never going to see that. No. Way. Yeah. It, you, you hear these stories about Motley Crue and all these other bands that just and, you know, Metallica's of the world that were just getting obliterated and making all this money and touring. And they're like, that that's what I want. Right. I want to be rich and famous, have all this money playing music. Yeah. And nowadays the it's not even an industry anymore it, it it's just companies that are trying to say well you write this music we'll promote it and we'll get your name out there but in reality you're going to end up paying us a cut you're going to pay these venues cuts for tours for you name it and it's it, it's still out of your own pocket and it's like why why worry about trying to make a business out of it when it's really a passion yeah, you that's the same with my photography. I never started doing photography with the intent to make money. Right. I just figured out if you if you do anything in life and you're good enough at it, people will why not get pick it up? It. Yeah, yeah, people will pick it up and support you financially. And every right. band you just mentioned, you know, Guns N' Roses, uh, they were all those bands were house bands, mm-hmm. uh, a club that would play let play on a Wednesday, right. pay them in booze, yep. whatever the yep. fuck. They didn't care none of that fucking no. bullshit. And I think. As the nature, it's just the nature of evolution. Yeah. We live in a time when technology is invariably part of our daily lives. You have to have um, that symbiotic relationship between online marketing. But when you're in a local, I mean, if you're like, um, if you're on a global scale, I have right. many, many friends who are on global scales. Mm-hmm. I, I play in a band called Neuromoral Dissonance. Well, yeah, my singer is in yeah. Belgium, my guitar player is in Australia, uh-huh. and Mike and I are here. If we want to market that band, obviously we have to do it online. Right. Yeah. If I'm playing a show here in Reno, though, I feel like I should be able to show up to another one of my friends' shows and support them yeah. and hand out some flyers from my show yes. yeah. because they want me to right. because they're supporting me. Yeah. And uh, I, th- I feel like that's kind of lost in the muck nowadays, mm-hmm. especially because a lot of those shows are bars. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so you eliminate that whole... I mean, that's how existence got to be so big so fast, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I had two of my kids were... Two of the, my band members were in high school. Right. Uh. <laughs> All their friends were coming. Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah. So it was like hundreds of... I'm like... And I was like, this is... This is not genius on my part. This right, is just yeah. the obvious reality yeah, yeah. of two of your band members being in high, three of them were in high school. Yeah. And you couldn't do that on a 21 and over show. No, fuck no. no. And I, we, many, many times we played 21 and over shows to empty rooms. Right. And yeah. there's, you know, 50 kids outside that want to come in. Yeah. Right. Outside yeah. listening. Yeah. yeah. I, I have three boys and, and they always tell me, oh, can we go to this show when I when my band's going to be playing a show? I'm like, sorry, guys, it's, you know, it's at a bar and. It's 21 or over. And I always feel bad because I remember being a kid wanting to go see shows. And I remember my first show, my my oldest sister took me to go see AFI at Del Mar Station. Mm-hmm, and this was, I think, 97, 98, somewhere in that ballpark. And yeah, maybe it was sooner. I don't know. I was young. And I really wanted to go see a show. And she was like, well, come with us to AFI and I'll get you in. I know the guy. I went to high school with this guy that works the door. <laughs> nice. And so she got me in. She was like, 
he'll be cool, right? I'm not going to give him alcohol or anything like that, but we'll get him in. And I loved it. And that was my first show experience. And But it had to get to that point of sneaking me in. If And if it wasn't for that moment, I wouldn't have been so like, this was fucking awesome. You know, I love that environment. It was so fun to be a part of. And from that, all I wanted to do was go see shows for sure. You know, which is a great thing, right? As a human, you get to experience live music, which is arguably one of the, nobody argues that uh, music is one of the best therapies known to human for all of the human time. And I think in thinking, uh, going in that early and seeing that like uh, under 21, it's crucial. Well, it teaches you how to behave too in social environment. There's a lot of pluses to it. And the the fallacy with with Reno or the state of Nevada, we have entertainment laws here. Bars can let you in. You can't just be X amount of feet from this place or whatever. I mean, there's, there's, I'm not sure exactly what they are 2022, but back when I was doing that, it could be three feet from the bar, three feet from gaming. And we had had a section off place which by law requires a piece of fucking rope right yeah. and some stanchions right? yeah okay i'll go get i'll go i'll go grab a couple of construction pylons yeah, was, yeah, yeah there's time. some cones out right, here you'll find cones them. our state flower in the back parking lot <laughs> yeah right? let's go grab some state go yeah. grab some sagebrush yeah, right, and yeah. tie some rope on yeah. it yeah and throw a show but the bar the bar owners i, I think bars were always the most problematic because yeah. they they're only interested in, in that know, bar so yeah, they want that bar scene, and I, I don't even like the bars. I mean, you know me. I don't drink. Yeah, right. I don't go to fucking bars. I don't hang out of them. People bust my nuts on the road because I'm in the be- I'm in the corner studying. Right. Know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You want to do some cocaine? I'm like, no. no. Oh, that's fucking. He doesn't want to do fucking. He doesn't party. I got a midterm, bro. I right. Gotta, yeah, yeah, dude. Fuck are you talking shit? Do no, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> you think I got a problem? Yeah. You got a problem with me? Let's get on stage and let's fucking play. Right. Yeah. And see how it works out. Yeah. You know, I'm like, that's not arrogance. It's just I'm confident in what I do. I mean, that's and yeah. I don't want your fucking drugs. Right. Get the fuck yeah. out of here, yeah. dude. Yeah. I mean, I had my time yeah. way back in the day. Right. When you're on the road, you got to be, you know, single-minded, and it's tough, mm-hmm. especially in my circuit, mm-hmm. because literally, I, I make a joke out of it, but that's many, many nights. There's like, oh, dude, couldn't really the door, but there's tons of fucking. There's Little Caesars back there, and if you want some coke, or you know, I'm just like. Bro, I want fucking gas money. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Motherfucker. I want to be able to get to the next And a quiet place to sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I fucking got to go to the next place. Especially now, it's like and six I gotta, bucks a gallon. Yeah, dude. the rest of my band oh. is 20 years younger than me. Right, They're yeah. They're like, do, yeah, we'll take the pizza. I got to round them up in yeah. the morning. Yeah, right, so, yeah. They're yeah. mowing lawns to yeah. be able to come out here. <laughs> yeah, and then even when you get on... Uh, it's more, you know, it's let's less. It gets more and more professional as you get go up and right. get on a global steel, you know, like Jared, you know, like right, good yeah. friend. I'm so proud of what oh, he's yeah, doing. He's yeah, so he, he he's he's at a place now where he's achieved. You know, they have yeah. itineraries and tour yeah, buses and yeah. hotels and that, and good for him because it's it's rough on the road when you don't have those things. And many <laughs> yeah. many night, you know, Jared to his credit, many nights he would come in the van with me. I would when we got our van, we were really traveling a lot with Enslave. You know, I, I said, okay, we were buying this van. There's no drugs allowed in here. There's no fucking girls allowed in here, yeah. period, for anybody. Right? Yeah, yeah. Nobody, right? And I, I don't fuck around like that anyway. Right. And uh, you guys do whatever the fuck you want. I don't no. care. Yeah, Have yeah. fun with it. Yeah, be yeah. safe and be legal and right. you know, yeah, don't yeah. be a scumbag. Yeah, yeah. And we, were, we always conducted ourselves pretty, but many nights Jared would come in the van and be like, hey, can I sleep in here? I don't want to go. I'm, yeah, come on in, bro. And right. I mean, I would just chill and watch Netflix. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the reality of being on the road. Right, right. it right. is. Yeah, right. people don't see that. Yeah. 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 It's not, I mean, sometimes it could be, you know, cocaine and hookers. All right, right. Duran Duran. But in reality, running through hallways and shit. The reality is we're enslaved to creation and we're parked in somebody's front yard. So we quite yeah, <laughs> you know, I tried to get some rest, man, yeah. and I don't sleep well anyway or at all. Yeah, and then I'm the only one who would drive. Yeah, so because I was the only one sober, you know, which is cool. I don't people want to drink and have fun. Yeah. Do it. 
Well, yeah. you should be doing that stuff when you're in your 20s. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And I, I, when I started in Slave, I was already like 38. Yeah. So I'm pushing my 40s, and it's, it's not really, in my opinion, it's kind of sad when I see people my age who are still like living the lifestyle. Yeah. I'm not saying you go out and have fun one or a night yeah, or there's occasions there. for it yeah yeah but when you're like in your 40s and you're still pushing that life that's just kind of sad dude, your, bro, bo- your body me. fucking just maybe, not feeling maybe it, they dude. think i'm sad i don't yeah. know <laughs> yeah. i don't care you look like the fucking, saddest person on the bro, planet i'm right so now, indifferent dude. to people's opinions on <laughs> me poor bastard yeah, yeah. yeah right. i'm so sorry oh, for that guy's right a fucking dick right. fucking dick. he's reading yeah. oh. <laughs> no that's what we went on tour i remember he's like yeah i'll fly into seattle i'll see you guys there i was like you motherfucker he's like i'm my frequent flyer miles oh, I do. No, that happened one night we were i think i had to fl- i flew home from oregon because i yeah. had to do shoot a wedding the next day yeah you were shooting a wow. wedding but yeah. i want to support yeah. my band right yeah dude, I, I appreciate away. that dude i really do that was wow. but i got right. a, i have a contract and these people are expecting me to show up in full force right and make their most important day of their life yeah and act conduct myself professionally right and yeah, so yeah. I, that's what i do I know. to me that's just normal behavior good thing we yeah. cut the cocaine and strippers down to minimum that night i was one kind of thing about that band it was like we was older. yeah it was fucking around nah we just wanted to go do our Isaac shit. is, you know, Isaac's a cool dude. He, he reads a lot too. He's yeah. Very, yeah, very. I, when I was first approached by Isaac to play in Blasphemous, even before that, in Front of the Ruins. Yeah. The reason I joined Front of the Ruins was because Isaac was in the band. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I liked Isaac, and I always knew I always knew Isaac was a curious human, and yeah. I found him to be in, intelligent and funny in a very dry way. He's yeah. very dry. <laughs> His humor is very dry. Fuck, I love Isaac, yeah. right? So I was like, yeah, Isaac, I'll, I'll come play in this band. This yeah. is cool. I like the music. Yeah. I like uh-huh. it. And Rob was a good drummer. That yeah. was my concern. And, right, right. Um, but, you know, then it it was fun, but I think, I think for that particular project, I was a little bit too... I was still holding on to like, okay, things have to be this certain way. Yeah. And I wasn't having enough fun with it because the band, the whole ideology behind that band was to have fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I was approaching it from a much different perspective, which was incorrect. Yeah. It was incorrect on my part mm-hmm. to have that perspective for that application. Yeah. And ultimately it didn't work. And I, I, st- I left the band because I just wasn't getting along with the way that the band was conducting itself, right, right. which was an error in judgment on my part. I was wrong, 100%. Yeah. I should have just said this is what this band is yeah. and had fun with it mm-hmm. well that's what i took it as like, and that's how I, it wasn't the music that i was into so i wasn't having that that fun on that aspect of things i was it was more like okay i'll go and do this you know help you know a couple friends out yeah right, it was right. a great time but again that gets to the point and listen man you got to be able to play the fucking songs on stage yeah yeah we mm-hmm. fucked up so much on stage there's a lot yeah. I mean, it was, it was just unacceptable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and here's how, why I find it unacceptable. Not because my ego as a musician is so big, mm-hmm. but because people are paying money to come yes, see you play, bro. I know. And that was a perspective I couldn't actually ever get through, I don't I think, was translating. Or if it was, it just wasn't being absorbed. I'm like, you have to be able to perform your set. Yeah. Right. That's not being prima donna. No. Yeah. Because people are spending money on your merch. They're supporting you. Right. They're promoting you. Yeah. And yeah. they come and they want to see a show. Yeah. Know your gear. Know the songs. That's, I don't think that's, I wouldn't play in a band ever again. Yeah. Where people don't know their gear. Or right, their right, right, right. Yeah. And, well, that's and just it. If you're premature, there's shows for bands like that that are still learning the ropes or still trying to work out the kinks. Absolutely. You know, there are shows and places you can do that. That one wasn't you know, doing that. No. That band and, wasn't doing that. And I fucked up plenty too. I, you know, I, I, mm-hmm. because of my musical experience, and I'm, I'm so theory based as a musician. Okay. Like I come from a, a classical background mm-hmm. in terms of musical training. I was in, you know, school music, choirs, mm-hmm. church, yeah. all that shit. 
So my approach, it's, it's hard to separate those two things right. in my technical thing. But, dude, come on. You should be able to count to four. One, one two, two three. Michael four. Orisman yep. used to scream at our one guitar player. He's like, dude, it's only fucking five. One, two, three, four. <laughs> his fucking veins <baby laughs> popping out. And the, the way he was articulating it was incorrect, but his point was 100% valid. And I realized that was my problem with From the Ruins. I wasn't articulating myself in a way that was appropriate. Yeah. yeah. But my points were valid. But because I wasn't saying them in a way that was respectful to other people. Uh, right. You know, I, I'm the first one because I call other people out to call myself out. Right. And I wasn't always the most respectful approach. And mm-hmm. we had that a problem in Slave, too, because Chris and I, we come from very similar backgrounds. Our, our yeah. moms are very tough, yeah. you know, religious, mm-hmm. ethnic. Yep. And so when we would talk to certain people in our bands, they were very, who were a lot more sensitive than we were. Yeah. You know, we just like, come on, get the fuck, you know, we just, we speak yeah. in, in certain parlances that weren't always you know, respectful right. in that person's perspective. And we weren't always understanding that. Yeah. And I think now over time, I never got that from you. I don't know if you were talking, like if you had that conversation with me, but like, well, I think it's when you're invested in something, you know what I mean? When you invest your time, well, I, I think we practice, were all invested when we were running that with that project. I mean, I was well, invested. I, I made sure I was, you know, wanted to get my part. So I am the fucking lone wolf. Right. But so a couple, just, a couple of times, then we have the experiences where, uh, sometimes we would show up hundreds of miles away and like our money for whatever reason was forfeited or our slot was changed to help support the local bands. I'm like, fuck the local band here. Dude, we're the one that came 600 miles away. Yeah, yeah. right, right. You know? yeah. You, we were slated before the headliner and now we're opening. Yeah, see, I, pizza I, place? I, I, I never mean, worried about shit like that. I really never worried about shit like that. I mean, if I'm going up there to play, I'm going to play. It doesn't matter what fucking slot I'm in. Absolutely. And that's where I'm saying my perspective was wrong for that yeah. band. Yeah. I should have just been like, okay, you know, I'm here. I'm we're here. having fun. Yeah. Let's, and, like, do it. Yeah. let's do it. Yeah. yeah, we're just having a good time. Like, so. fucking, it wasn't like we were fucking on a stadium tour, which we fucking joked yeah, about. Yeah, and, and that was my bad for not recognizing the project for what it was. Yeah. And then that's why I decided to play with Isaac and Blasphemous Creation because yeah. he's very business minded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's very professional oh, yeah. on the road. And yeah, I, he's I, a I very to, driven person. I get along better in those kind of environments where things are just, you know. Yeah, and then I then when I when I know that all the business is locked down, I can have fun. Right. Yeah. Because I know all the other stuff. Is yeah. You, you, you stress clear on vision. Yeah, you have stress a on all that other stuff. That's just yeah. nature of my personality. When we play in the slave, I only do that if it's my project. If it's not my project, then it it's it's uh, I'm let fucking Definitely. Jesus take the fucking wheel because I'm gonna do I'm gonna do what I need to fucking do. But everything else is now not my problem. I'm here to do my job for sure. I'm here to play drums. You need me to do that. That's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. Everything else. Let's see what happens. Yeah, and, and and you always have to have. It always helps to have somebody though. And I, I just took the role on by nature of my personality. Who's like the business minded kind of. Yeah, because uh, you've been in that role for for for. Well, and I, I like it. I actually like it. Yeah. So we get we get off stage. I'm the guy who's like back at the merch table. I'm counting the money. I'm right. tracking. I'm itemizing sales. Right. Making sure there's correlation between yeah. the right. amount of money you and sold the this much. Of, this is how absolutely. much. Absolutely. Where's have. the guitars? Right. Who, yeah. yeah. Gear, gear is my biggest right. thing. I'm like always <laughs> sitting on gear, yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Because if, if nobody does it, I know it's, it's a 100% a disaster yeah, and yeah. shit will happen. So um, these, it's part of being a human and evolving as a human, right. which ultimately will make me a better musician, which I feel now having been away from the scene for five years, I feel so much more decompressed as a musician yeah. and a, there's no doubt my my playing is the best it's ever been in my life. Yeah. So I'm playing harder and better. Do you just? I, we were, I was just listening to that the other shit. I'm like, that uh, deference. Oh, the neuromoral. Yeah. That was that was really for that that was a turning point for me. Um, a fan of Enslave approached yeah. me. He's like, hey man, I got this fucking project, and I, I listened to it, and he just wrote the guitar rhythm guitars, and they have this a drum track, and then the singer. 
I was like, bro, you want fucking bass on this? And yeah. That's slam metal. I had never played slam metal in my life. Yeah. I never knew anything about it. So uh, I kind of just pushed it out of my head. I was like, ah, the vocals kind of. Right. And now, two years later, because yeah. I've opened my mind and stopped, right. yeah. you know, stopped being closed-minded about yeah. it, and I recorded a CD playing it, uh-huh. the musicianship in there is intense. It's, it's, it's yeah, a, yeah. A lot of chromatic things going on and yeah. a lot of fucking, like, just, it was a complete different style of, of writing. Yeah. And so I, when I learned how to write that style of music, and now Mike and I are playing, you know, we've, we've took that project, and now we're writing that into Enslaved. So mm-hmm. Mike and I have decided uh, just a couple days ago that we're going to release a six-song Enslaved the Creation EP Mm-hmm. All new music. Nobody's ever heard any of it. Yes, it's a completely different style. It's yeah. a it's a nice mix between like Zenith Passage and Surruption, and then Enslave the Creation. And wow, so we've got yeah. blistering fucking metal in there, but a lot more groove and rhythms, and it's a lot more rhythm oriented. Because for yeah. the first time in my life, I understand rhythm right. yeah, <laughs> in, yeah. in a way that I should as a bass player. Yeah, right. yeah. I was gonna yeah. say. Yeah, I never because playing in tech metal bands, you always kind of default as a third guitar player. Yeah. I always did. Rather. Right, right. That See, I was approach. always a groove player. I was always a groove player, and that's because yeah. my dad, he was always in those groove, like yeah. jam bands. So when you're running jam bands, it's always about groove. It's yeah. absolutely grooves, following the flow. Just and Delta the flow. 9 did that for me. I was learning that pop, and then I played with Danny Evans, War Maggots. Right, Talk yeah. about an old Reno band. Yeah. War Maggots? You guys remember that band? I don't remember. Wow, so War Maggots. I mean, back in the 80s, there was a show called Rubber Bandits with Michelle Lindine. I was born in 85. So, so in 85. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, I don't know anything from 80 to Here's some Reno history for you, dude. 95, Fucking, uh, dude. This chick named Michelle Lindine had a PBS show, Cable Access, whatever it was, called Rubber Bandits. And uh-huh. she would go around and interview all the local bands. And they would play. No on shit. some shitty fucking handicap. Oh yeah, like, the oh, big shit. old fucking cannon hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And war maggots were like, they were like a, uh, they were like a, a gore precursor. They were just like, they'd wear diapers and vomit and fucking like. Hell yeah, I did. And they were like extreme, dude. Like 89, 90. Uh-huh. And then I ended up playing that drummer, Danny Evans. Very yeah. good, Danny Evans and and Jason. From December. Yeah, I was gonna um, say Danny. Uh, I was like, I heard those names. Before. Yeah, Jason lives around the corner. I see him all the time. Great yeah. dude. I love Jason. He's got a, you know him and, and Mark and those guys. Mark's uh, Mark was actually supposed to be on tomorrow. Oh wow, I yeah. love Mark. Yeah. You know, December was like a, I, 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 like a sister band. I don't know how to call it, to, to existence. Yeah, yeah. He's the, he's I know. That's a, that's how I got into December and all of them too is because of you guys. Because what, what a nasty group of musicians. Yeah, yeah. And some of the best musicians ever. Yeah, yeah. in Reno and, and just a really bunch of nice guys too. Mm-hmm. So they were always a little bit older and um, just always humble dudes. And yeah. I, I think that happens over time. I'm much humbler now, which mm-hmm. sounds kind of like arrogant to say. Right, yeah, yeah. Than, <laughs> I, than I used to be. But well, and I think it just come, it comes with age. It always does. Because yeah. I, I, I think the same way. I was way more, I would say, hot-headed back when I was younger. Yeah, when you're younger. You, now you I, now I kind of like look at everything a little bit different. And I take, I take time to like... Fuck off. <laughs> I take time and, and kind of look at everything as a whole instead of just like, oh, okay, this is what I think it need to be, and this is wrong, so fuck you. The lone wolf has some humidity. Dude, fuck off, you <laughs> cocksucker. Oh, sorry, I'm back. <laughs> New Leaf Robert. New Leaf Robert. Sorry about that. New Leaf Robert. <laughs> but no, I mean, seriously, I think it does come with, with age. And yeah. Well, and, and when I've changed, yeah. fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Mike hasn't changed. Well, what's the point of being a human if you don't evolve? Right, right. right. I think it's all it's, it's all a learning. Pro- like this whole life is just a, it's your learning. You're taking stuff in and 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 weeding you know things out and yeah. bringing stuff in. And there's no there's no handbook for like, and especially in those older days before the internet, there was no like there was no 
for, there was no guidance for like if you mm-hmm. achieved an amount of success, you you tended to be kind of a dick. Yeah, you know, it was just kind of the attitude that was going, especially the hardcore scene. Existence yeah. was a strange band because it started off like a hardcore band, kind of. And I, Mike and I were definitely more metal. Right. And then, you know, Jake and Mike, uh, the other Mike, were definitely more hardcore. Yeah, yeah. And we were playing, like, you know, Sworn Vengeance signed us on to, Ryan Vengeance signed us on to Battle Scarred Records mm-hmm. and did Distro Deal with there. And we were playing with all these hardcore bands, Burt Rahman and mm-hmm. Gilman and Phoenix and uh, The Pound and all these awesome mm-hmm. Bay Area legendary venues. Right. So we'd show up there and play with The Hoods the and hoods. fucking, yeah. Mike Hood. Uh, yeah. Oh, boy, Mikey Hood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a wild hey, man. Uh, that guy's <laughs> like, a wild man. <laughs> Mikey for years. No, have you? Oh yeah, we play West Coast West Coast Studios all the time. West I, Coast Worldwide. WWE. I stayed in his house at in oh eight. Did you go swimming? Uh, no, no. I think he was, he was living in a trailer. <laughs> okay. And, I, and it was in some trailer park. But I just remember my buddy took me to. Uh, we went to Warp Tour, but we were also going to go to the bowling alley because they were going to play in <laughs> yeah, Sacramento yeah. Oh, yeah. with Beer the Lion and a couple yeah, of other strange bands. Yeah, that's that's cool. And I was like, the hoods? Yeah, hoods are here. And he was like, I know Mike. I'm going to shut the fuck up. So Swarm oh. Vengeance was huge back then. Yeah. And they were, you know, kind of leading the straight edge scene and, and definitely the hoods. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, we were all just good friends. We all got along, yeah. which was cool. We had completely different ideologies. Yeah. But we all just got along for the show, yeah. for the yeah. music. We all came together and understood if we unite, we'll have a great show. All ages. Yep. I love yep. those fucking straight edges because they were all about all ages. That's why we played with them. Yeah. yeah. They played all ages shows. I, wait, I just pulled out a flyer from my fucking stockpile of old flyers, mm-hmm. and it was when we played with Hoods in uh, at the alley, actually. Nice. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah. I played some epic shows. Gilman Street, dude. Got to play Gilman Street with fucking Sworn Vengeance and yeah. like uh, Benum. Oh. oh, shit. Great old legendary fucking band. And New York uh, NJ Bloodline. Remember that band? That was a pretty big East Coast straight, straight edge band. And so all these huh. awesome uh, 240. We go down and play this place called Burt Ramen, which was Burt in the Ramen. Burt Ramen, Burt Ramen, Burt Ramen Studios. Legendary fucking East Bay venue. Really? It was an old abandoned vegetable warehouse processing building. In the fucking crack ghetto, and it was just amazing. <laughs> really, all the fucking cross punkers would show up. Yeah, yeah. It's like playing Oakland. You just you roll, you're rolling down MLK Boulevard, and then you're at a show. Yeah, yeah. Like, wow. It's amazing, right? Then you know the crackheads next door trying to sell you fucking TVs that aren't plugged in. Like, hey man, you need TV? And you're just like, you know, I lost a key there one day. I to the I had to bribe a fucking I had to bribe the key guy a hundred bucks just to come there. Right. <laughs> right. So that's the kind of place you're playing. You know, you and they're sure you left it here. Right. Yeah. Pound on the door. Yeah. Oh, you fucking the motherfuckers yeah, got us yeah, in there. Yeah. We're gonna kill you, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. And I'm like, should we be concerned? Right. Like, oh, cool. No, it's all right. This yeah. happens all the time. It was a studio. It was a recording studio and a venue. Yeah. And the, like, it was just a, this amazing. I took a. I took twice down there to play. I oh, took yeah. December twice, down there dude. to play. Another wow. Yeah, because yeah, they were like, how can you guys get into Burnt Rom? You know, at the time, Jim was like, dude, we really want to play Burnt Women. And I was a huge fan of Twice. Yeah. I love Jim still yeah. to this day and uh-huh. uh, Tony and that this song called Clouds. I just love. It. I'm sure it still irritates him to hear me say that. He's like, I was so obsessed with this song. It was like my favorite song. <laughs> yeah. And so I think it, I actually think it was December and twice in existence. And we went down oh to Burt Ramen. Oh, my God, dude. And we had a, an epic show. show. I that would have been a great show. Yeah, we had a, uh, I had a merch kid at the time named Noah Tag. A little, he was like 15. So he took yeah. this 15-year-old kid with us to sell right. merch. Hey, His come on. Come were like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. yeah, and those places were just like, you know, there's no lights. The sound system, maybe it worked. Right, yeah. And, you know, sometimes the, the recording you got was a, one microphone hanging over the from stage. The ceiling, <laughs> yeah. Dude. CDR, yeah, <laughs> but it was just—it's just fun. Yeah, you know? yeah, I, yeah, that's what I miss. And the the straight edgers and those the hoods and the swarm vengeance shows were fucking epic. Dude. Yeah, I rarely played a show. 
I, I can say I'll say never played a show with those guys that didn't suck. Yeah, the I, Phoenix I always Theater, had a good time. Yeah, Phoenix Theater is great. I love it is when there's Phoenix. people. Yeah, and when there's not, it's a I know, it's like, menu. <laughs> like what the fuck am I at? I played dude? it like ten yeah. times and uh, it just hit and miss there. Yeah. You know? And uh, the pound, the old legendary old fucking place in Oakland, yeah. which I don't think exists. It's anymore. not there anymore. Yeah, yeah. That's we were what talking about that too with um, Jeff Stewart. I played that place in existence, and we it was packed, and we opened up for a tech metal band called Severed Savior, mm-hmm. and we played in, we played right before them, and we got off stage, and then Severed Savior came on stage, and they were like the first fucking like tech I had experienced in person. And after that, Mike Stewart and I were like, okay, we're, this is what we're doing from here right. on. And which kind of caused yeah. a little dissension in my band because they didn't want to do that. Yeah. And I was tired of playing hardcore music. There was no musical challenge there. Mm-hmm. So Mike and I were always progressively minded in terms of like music. Mm-hmm. We want to push ourselves as musicians. And yeah. I, I will argue to anybody that Chris Portugal and Mike Stewart are the best two guitar players mm-hmm. on the coast. Oh, I'll, in terms I'll, of technical knowledge, it's I'll not agree a pissing 100%. contest. Yeah, uh, and yeah. Chris comes from a drumline background. They're He's both a drumline champion. They're both humble as shit, too. Like, yeah, I mean, especially Mike, you know. Chris, yeah, I, Chris, Mike came out to our last show for FTR because that was that was our last show. Oh, that's the awesome. Davison, oh, was or, it really? Or the Devastation in the Desert, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, he was just there. Dude. I was working that night. I wanted to come shoot it for Chuck. Actually, I was going to, because I saw Chuck announce that he's not doing music anymore. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. that'd be a cool thing to just go do some photography. But I knew there'd be a bunch of photographers there. Yeah. And uh, I, I ended up shooting a wedding and I just couldn't. Wedding season kind of interferes with it. And I'm not too concerned yeah, with that summertime. right now. Yeah, summertime. Right, yeah. Yeah, I got to make money. You know, my tuition's $10,000. Thank you, Sleepy Joe. Right. I'm, I'm taking that $18,000. <laughs> hey, you're getting that back. I want all that yeah. socialism, bro. I've been yeah. paying taxes for my entire fucking life. My right. first job was working at Wendy's right down the street here. Yeah. $1,985 for $3.73. Hey, we had this conversation. I was yeah. like, where's your first uh, first job? And I was like, mine was Little Caesars. Man. Absolutely, dude. If I'm paying for my taxes, I want to have a strong national defense. I want to have an educated and healthy society. And I don't, that's not socialism. And any QAnon wackadoo could, if you could even define socialism, yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. argue that all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't want to live in an educated and healthy fucking society? Yeah. Uh. Right? And the, any politicos from either side that tell you, you didn't, fuck off, dude. Just get rid of it, man. Let's yeah. start bringing people up. Yeah. Instead of mm-hmm. putting people down. Exactly. Corporate tax breaks, no fucking bit. But, you know, tuition, $20,000? Bro, I got $80,000 in education. I've paid it all off. Yeah. And I, I, I work for myself. I've rendered myself I was like, you're completely like, self-employed, yeah. right? Yeah. That's so, why I'm saying you're a man of many parts. Because yeah, it's, it's no like shit. you got business here, you got business here, you got business here. Right? I just think all the women's study degrees that are getting their 10000 Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Women, women's studies deserves a lot of respect. Yeah. I respect women, and I, uh-huh. I, I like to study them. <laughs> <laughs> I would wager there's not a guy at this table that doesn't re- appreciate He's part of the FBI. I'll that, yeah. Yeah, you know, but the, the fallacy about that is, dude, it's some fucking, like, uh, it's some kind of, like, blowjob for them to try and make you think that they're dismissing shit when every single politician got a PPP fucking loan oh, uh-huh. that they didn't fucking pay back. That Forgiven. 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 Exponentially amount to more money than you're giving people who go to school. And my friends who went to trade schools, and I support them, and they support me. Yeah. Yep. And we should support each schools. other, dude. Yes, 100%. Absolutely. I almost yep. went to a couple trade schools. Yeah. It's nice, though, because the, the government took on the student loans like the government's the reason the student yeah they were like oh we'll take it and then then they can pay us in in part and let let me tell you from my experience why i have absolutely zero problem with predatory loans being dismissed because when i first signed on to my student loans the company that i signed on to doesn't exist anymore they sold my loan off to another company Uh, that company sold it off to another company so it's just going down the rabbit hole and then the terms get changed and you're like and all of a sudden this is not what i signed up for absolutely not i've paid back the majority of my student loans right my my uh i'll say it out loud my my uh student loan balance is eight thousand dollars i took a fifty six hundred dollar loan off i've been paying it for 12 years and i owe eight thousand dollars 
what the fuck? And I don't pay my minimum payment. I pay more than my minimum payment every time. Right, yeah. but since it's getting pushed and pushed and pushed, and then everything starts it's, changing, it's different and changing, fees, and changing. different yep. administrative bullshit that they're doing because it's a new company, new new filing system. That, doing that, this. Shouldn't, that shouldn't be. The interest rates are ridiculous. Oh, interest God, rates yeah. are ridiculous. Every Conflict company. of interest are ridiculous. The yep. last administration, the Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos, owns stock or owns ownership in a debt collection student loan company. There's no fucking... What, I mean, it's on both sides of the aisle. She's audience. like, yeah, <laughs> I do. And university tuition has gone up, what, 800%? That's oh, yeah. fucking ridiculous. It makes you not want to go ridiculous. to college. And, it's, and that's where a lot of people unless, at are right now. Well, and, and then the worst part is, is you got so many kids nowadays that are stressing their fucking minds out, studying so that they can hopefully get a full ride somehow academically because if it if it doesn't work out still they're means fucked. it's not going to good gonna, grades know? count dude I, I got a lot of Pell Grants I got a lot of scholarships yeah I'm a huge fan of academics I'm a huge fan of an educated society politicians have openly stated we love dumb people that's exactly right that's the one thing the government all governments yeah. everywhere the mm-hmm. last thing they want is an educated populace yeah. I am a huge fan of it being educated mm-hmm. and I don't mean formal academia if you go to a trade listen dude I have more degrees than a fucking thermometer, mm-hmm. and I can't fucking plumb. Yeah. <laughs> right. I almost cut my hand off, fucking mm-hmm. my finger. I severed a tendon trying to garden. Right? <laughs> I can't do. I can't do electrical yeah. work. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm I'm the opposite. I mean, I do. I love that side of things, and I, I love being educated, and I love mm-hmm. learning about a bunch of shit. But I'm also more on the. I my my life took me in a totally different path, and it's not because I didn't want to. It's because I just thought it was unreachable. So going into that, I was like, uh, do I want to take on this huge debt? Me, I think of as money as there's positives and negatives. So if, I, if I'm if i in the positive, I'm good. If I'm in the negative, I I saw that as, as a negative because I was I couldn't, you know, sustain life. Mm-hmm. But like, see right there, you just, you just articulated a very uh, important point. Mm-hmm. Why should the choice of being educated come down to debt? Right. That's insane in yeah. this country. They're the only, only countries that do that. The yeah. only, not the only. The country. only person stopping you from. But that's where it's at. There, you know. That's it where it is where it's at. It's, yeah. it's insane. Are some dumb motherfuckers. Yo, and I, I, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just, they just let them. Yeah, they let them. Well, he said it. He said it. They want that. They want no, that. So no, they're gonna. No, no, no. They want your money, so they just let you keep going to school. And schools get subsidized for higher graduation rates, obviously. So, so they so push you through. Like, you, you can't fail. No. It's, it's a business. It's Listen, dude, it's if you if you have a problem passing history 100, don't right. go to school. Right. Mm-hmm. I, like I just said, all those things, I'm, I'm, I feel fortunate in society. There are people that are smarter than me in those areas that can do those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I sure the fuck can't. And right. I need to have those people. Yeah. It's the yeah. same as being an anarchist when people are like, oh, you're an anarchist, man. I'm like, yeah, but I don't mean like smash buildings and right yeah about looting because i gotta pay for that shit as a taxpayer bro i'm pragmatic right i mean intellectual anarchy you know chomsky style draft some legislation write a paper try to try to introduce a thought that Mm -hmm. can be a a movement or something that's insightful but if you go down and light a cop car on fire i gotta pay for that asshole yep there's no fucking point to it yeah i'm not that kind of anarchist and i can see that i live in a society as much as i have beef with rpd which is well documented all over the uh, yeah. internet. Oh, yeah. I, I was just bringing that up to Mike, actually, yeah. with that photo of that naked chick trying to fight everybody. That <laughs> chick, I mean, there's a video on there of me being harassed at an art event, and I caught the fucking idiot cop on live stream. I fucking Dude. hate the RPD. And that one where you got kicked out of the National Bowling Stadium, I got fucking too, kicked out of the, you know, the, I was invited, you know, the mayor said, like, come on in, talk to me. I was talking to her, and yeah. she's a nice lady, and uh, I don't care about her politics. I don't know about it. And then got Is kicked out. Hillary? 
Yeah, he'll, she, she, she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, these people, I don't, I don't involve myself with their politics. I don't care. I don't actually don't even know. I'm ignorant to. I, yeah, I'm. I'm You've met him as a person. Yeah, I do a lot yeah. of work with him. But it's good. I, to I like him. I, I, I like him. Property in Midtown. That's why Midtown's so pretty. Ah, uh, Midtown's such a, oh, such a bougie blowjob, dude. That whole fucking thing, bro. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I, you know, this, it is, bro. Job, it is dude. one of the first things There's I ever. There's parking uh, now. We're gonna put all the city. you know, the, beautiful hair. Where my problem? Those fucking people that walk around there, the entitlement, like crossing the street. I call <laughs> them Midtown Kardashians. Those fucking. <laughs> they're just like. Feel free to use that. Yeah, I created yeah. that term. Yeah. You're welcome. Oh uh, yeah, we're using that. I That's love when they get out. They get out of their car to stop at the bar, and they're like, you know, they stop, and they're like, yeah. Get the fuck out of here. The fucking ambulance is trying to get through. What are you doing? They have the fucking sirens and lights on. What's wrong with you, dude? Let's go. What a waste of taxpayer money. You know, it directly benefits some businesses. I, I don't speak too much about it because it's like whatever. Yeah. I support those businesses mm-hmm. a lot. I don't support them. I don't. I don't personally. My personal opinion is I don't like the Midtown redevelopment. No. Yeah. I don't. I don't care for it. I wish my money would have gone somewhere it's else. Polishing yes. a turd. That's exactly. It. You put all the lipstick on the pig you want, called Reno, but they're still fucking Fourth Street. Yeah, right? we've and seen I, uh, we've seen your photos. Virginia Street downtown. Oh yeah, Dude, I was down there last is, night. Harris is, is what fucking tripped me out because I don't I don't go downtown. I fucking hate it, and that's why I, I yeah, vicariously live through your photos. <laughs> 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 so uh, we were playing at the VSB, and I haven't been there in a couple of years. And I, I walk outside, and I'm like, Dude, oh, Harris is looking fucking really run down right now. And I was like, there's no fucking sign. There's like, I'm like, I start looking up. I'm like, it's gone, motherfucker. Dude, all those fucking windows are busted out. Somebody's having a party. Duran Duran's been here. (laughs) (laughs) I wish. I still love that band. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking, uh, it's bougie condos. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a developer. Residency with like shopping underneath. Like we need more shopping. They're doing the same shit in San Francisco, though, because my my sister lives in San Francisco. Well, the difference is 13 million people, though. Yes, yeah, and yeah, I was just yeah, down yeah. there last right. night. You guys know Scott from Machine Gun Vendetta? Yeah. yeah. So Scott's a good friend of mine and for many years, and uh, he, he's coming out doing some street photography last couple mm-hmm. of weekends, and uh, we were out there last night driving down, and we're, we're like, look at this fucking place. Right. The city of Reno. I had somebody write all over X one time. The RTT carried me for three years. Oliver reached out. He's like, I love your fucking street photography. I was very humble. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's and great. Somebody wrote me a letter one night. They're like, we came out of the Bruca Theater, and we picked up your Polish magazine, the RTT, and we were having such and we came across the disturbing imagery of Eric Marks. <laughs> and then like she had accused me of my photos being the reason that the businesses downtown were unoccupied. You didn't put those fucking well, people there. And Oliver goes, man, were you to have such power? I was like, yeah, maybe I should be getting royalties yeah, on the no red. Yeah, no fucking shit. And, uh, uh, but you know what, dude, <laughs> as far as that street photographer i was catching hell from the day one with those images yeah and, uh, i knew you would dude like see, my response has always been the same i don't create the things out there exactly. i simply document them if you yeah, don't like it fucking do something about happening it. in your yeah. in your area in your in your life where you live yeah. this is where i live yeah. this is it this is what's going on when you're tucked away in sparks yeah at three in the morning people are down here smoking crack and lighting themselves on fire you can't tuck that away you know behind some fucking yeah. tent city should, like should some cages that. like I mean, the mission of all good street photographers, I, street photography to me is very important in terms of like documentation. I like it. Yeah. It's the, the mission, good street photographers, we're just documentarians. Yeah. We're, we're fascinated with the worlds around us. Mm-hmm. I'm so fortunate and uh, very grateful that people, when I started doing that shit, I put up an album called People and I put up one called Places and Things. Yeah. Simply taking pictures of shit I like right. and putting it on the internet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nobody gave a fuck because I was calling it backwards me photography. And mm-hmm. I've said this in a bunch of interviews and then a friend of mine, she's like, 
you know, you need to, you know, I kept myself out of it for, I didn't want people to know it was Eric Marks. Mm -hmm. And, uh, she's like, no, you should promote yourself and, and, and market it differently. So I was like, Oh, Reno street photography, mm -hmm. bought the domain, came out. And right. then I started promoting other street photographers and from around the world, send me your images. I'll put you up. And then I started doing classes and mm -hmm. then it just kind of like exploded. And right. I see the analytics. I, I have, I have literally have looks from like Antarctica. People yeah. are looking yeah. at that page. You're wow. still doing the, you're still yeah. doing those classes at TMC. I just did one last week. Yeah. Marched a bunch of kids through the streets. Yeah. That's, that's a bunch awesome. of people rather. Yeah. yeah that's, I, that's fucking great. So, dude. While we're on the subject, what are you shooting with? Yeah, he, he, was, yeah. he wanted to geek out uh, about your uh, shit. Yeah, he was looking it up. My yeah. favorite lens of choice on the streets has, I started off shooting long because I was, you know, like all street photographers, we're warming up, yeah. warming up. It's long gone for the days of 35 mil. Right. Mm -hmm. It's traditional street photography, 35 millimeter, 5.6, the Fuji 400 or something like that. I shoot, nowadays I've been obsessed with my 85.12. And I shoot crazy fucking styles of street photography. And being heavily influenced by Fred Herzog, I love shooting in color. I still do a lot of black and white photography, which is traditional for street photography, black yeah. and white. But um, I realized early on my personal aesthetic, my street photography now is I'm more concerned with my artistic interpretation of things than I am the, the literal representation. A lot of times when I shoot people who are displaced, and I use that term coined by uh, Diane Arbus, and I, as I say all the time, uh -huh. um, I have no problem shooting people on the streets because they're part of society. And when you yeah. don't include them, you otherize them. Uh -huh. uh, but... You have to do it in a respectful way, right? You have to do it in a way that's. Uh, do you tell these people individually that you're you're actually taking photos of them? Never beforehand. No. Uh, sometimes. Uh, well, I, I, I mean, you don't. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to do it. Before. Yeah. Because I, I don't think you get the the whole. I don't want natural environment of the whole. Right. You don't want to influence. When you introduce yourself, yeah. it changes. The second I right. take over, I see a camera. My facial expression changes. My behavior yep. changes. Whatever I'm doing. Exactly. Changes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. street photographers, we try. You know, good street photographers are documentarians. Right. We try not to interfere or introduce. So until after after yeah. the fact. And then, and as far as like you know people who live on the streets. I find them aesthetically extremely interesting they, yeah. in terms of aesthetics. Yeah. Right? It's, it's sad. It's, yeah. It's unfortunate. It's but it, 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 and it makes you wonder what, what's your story? Well, How that's how I always, here? I'm always why, a stock well, history I, guy. I can tell you, because uh, I started asking people, it's yeah. never what you think it is. One time I was helping this lady named Linda, her under the Wells Avenue Bridge. She's completely disheveled and, uh, and I, you know, I started talking to her over and over again. She has a PhD, she's a doctor. And she had a husband, she got divorced, she had a mental snap, and she's living on the streets. No and shit. And you never fucking know, dude. So early on, just by nature of who I am, yeah, I started talking to people. And I mean, one of the fir very first times when I, knew I, when I knew I had to do what I'm doing is uh, one of the first gentlemen I used to photograph was just this homeless guy all around and shot, but he just looked awesome to me at all times. He set up like store yeah. and uh, everything. And I, I went over and I talked, what's your story, what's your name? And he started crying. I'm like, he's like, nobody's ever asked me my fucking name. And I was just yeah. like, dude, that's awesome. And I say this all yeah. the time. I'm like, Jesus Christ, what kind of asshole human am I? Right, right. Right. Just, I've never asked this guy his fucking name. Yeah. And so uh, that was very early on when I started doing street photography. And I'm like, it, it, that to me is almost more important than the picture. Right. Like, yeah. and I have document, I have videos. I'll do time lapses and shit. And yeah. People that know me, they know what I do on the streets. The right, community, yeah. the people, the ACLU, the homeless gospel missions, they know. Yeah. I'm not this bougie asshole on Christmas washing dishes at the gospel mission. I am, <laughs> yeah. but I'm not putting it on Facebook going, oh, okay. Right, right, my, right, right, my, right. My annual, you know, I'm such a <laughs> awesome person <laughs> thing. Right. It's just so fucking disgusting to me. It's like yeah. people need to help people. We were photographing some people last night, and I was telling Scott, 
Um, I'm less concerned now with the, I'm more into like the shape of these people and uh-huh. the contrast and the shadows. Right. So I'm, I'm going to a different place with people on the street. I still take literal, but I'm looking more for artistic approaches, abstract. I'm, I'm really getting into abstract photography. Yeah. You and can tell with the progressions yeah. of your photos. Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. They yeah. definitely have gotten better over time. I, they have. From, from a technical standpoint. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. yeah, yeah. Creatively, I think my approach I think so. yeah. 100%. Like all things, right? Like music, right? right. You're a better exactly. musician than you were. Yeah. yeah. You guys are doing better on your 25th podcast than you were your first. Right. Yeah. And that's just the nature <laughs> of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's Again, a great thing, you, right? It's a great thing for me as a human. Still working on Robert's intro. <laughs> I have a better. I have a great intro. Suck it. Do you guys have a musical intro? Let's write one. No, we we usually so we. Uh, it's hard to put music unless it's your own. So we we tried that one time with the, yeah. with Fervent with Josh yeah, with Josh Mathis and oh, uh, yeah. Trent, but and then we got flagged. Lethal. Yeah. We, oh, so God. we use uh, yeah our band. Facebook Lethal. will even flag you if you're live streaming anymore. Um, well, they haven't oh, done that. Else yeah, because sometimes I've live streamed my real street photography. Yeah. Like the dude just downtown, the skull cap who like break dances to Rammstein. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's yeah, fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. But if any like fucking bougie music comes on, it fucking it, they they yeah. cut the audio. Yeah. This is uh, something Mike and I are working on. I don't know. If so you guys just run a drum machine? Yeah. Mike's a fucking technical wizard. Yeah, kind of everything he does. <laughs> that guy's so great. So this is where Enslaved's kind of going this way. I like it. Yeah, it's a lot more groove. What do you mean by the groove? Yeah. I see. I love that, though. Yeah, dude. And the time thing is just the time thing. Yeah. Is great. So I'll, I'll give you guys a clip if you want to cut it into the show. We oh, can... we're going to have you back on, too. Oh, I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, because we want to get you back on. Bring those guys on. Yes. Uh, yeah. I want to get them on, too, as well. And James, we were talking about this on the phone. Yeah, James, is, I'm going to go here to go practice with them. Yeah. So that's like one of our new songs, and that's kind of the flavor of where we're going with the Wow. The I like music. it. I, I, I really dig like that it. groove. Dude. Oh, I dig that. I think I have a... Here's another one. Nope, same one. Same one. I was like, <laughs> that's a different one. Huh? Your songs kind of sound the same. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going for a lot more, like, yeah. oh. but that's, but. If you're a fan of Enslaved, don't fear. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> the tech is still in there. No, yeah, oh, it's like there. That. It gets fast. It's there. <laughs> I've I, always been like a, a fan of like speedy metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Napalm Death. Even, right, you know, right, back right. Megadeth and those guys. Mm-hmm. Right. I always like Megadeth more than Metallica. That's I, So I started picking up guitar, and that was one of the reasons why. And it was really Marty Freeman's why I picked up guitar. Marty Freeman's nasty. So Marty Freeman's first band, Cacophony. Uh. Jason Becker, Marty Freeman. The bass player, Jimmy O'Shea, is a good friend of mine. Oh, yeah? In, yeah, I go on my Facebook, and he's oh, a really nice guy. He plays in a bunch of, like, uh, he's a professional musician, so I see him yeah. on the wedding circuit, and I play some pop fiction, and uh, just an amazing monster, monster bass player. Yeah. And uh, when I first met Jimmy um, through Ryan from Delta 9, my friend, friend mm-hmm. uh, he just has all the best stories of, I mean, going around the world with Marty Freeman, Jason Becker. Right. You're yeah, the yeah. bass player in <laughs> that yeah, band. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so his level of fucking, you know, technical uh, music theory is just off the charts yeah. Yeah. but Marty Freeman definitely one of Mike's favorite guitar players I do we've he's always so you know great. Dave Mustaine dude Chris Broderick yes, he's always yeah. had sick guitar players yeah, yeah, these yeah. guys are like 
David Mustaine was always smart to do that yeah. from a marketing mm-hmm. perspective. Right. Yeah. As much as I was a fan of the first, you know, three, four albums of Metallica, I just, I've never listened to any of their music since. Never had interest. Mm-hmm. And I'm not one of those snobby, like, Was that after the Black album? The fuck Metallica. Which I went to those concerts. So I saw Justice and For All in 88 with Faith No More. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At Lawler. It was fucking sick, bro. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. sick, right? Cliff Burton had just passed and, yeah. and Newstead was there, but. Newstead's fresh um, off the boat. Yeah. yeah. And then I saw him a couple years later when they came back and James Hetfield was playing drums. I'm just like, what the fuck yeah. is going on? Get right the now? fuck. Yeah, yeah, that show sucked. <laughs> oh, I saw him here when, when the Black Albums came out. They oh, yeah. They here with, um, oh, fuck. I think Silent Lucidity, which sings that. Oh, oh that's Queensryche, dude. Queen's right. That's yeah, Queensryche. Right. Jeff Tate, dude. For yeah. fucking uh, the talk on the Black. It was at Waller. Yeah. Yeah, so. Queensryche. Awesome. Yeah, Queen's Queen's that was on the stage like this, and they fucking, yeah, James Hempel was playing drums. I don't remember if he was playing drums. Yeah. I just, I don't even remember. No, I, wasn't I love Queen's Reich, man. It's fucking great. Yeah, that's. I mean, the '80s were. Jeff Tate, dude, had a had a voice. It's oh, unmatchable, yeah. no, dude. Yeah, dude, Lawler back in in those days, every fucking band in the world toured through there. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I I saw Red Hot Chili Peppers with Orgy there. Mm-hmm. That was fucking Orgy. Wow, that was great. It was it was good though. It was a fucking. When they great built show. Lawler, it was only one of seven venues in the country that yeah. had the video. Yep. Uh, that's why Duran Duran came through on the arena tour. Oh yeah. And that's because they could support the video. Yeah. Dude, I saw fucking every band you can think of there from fucking like I saw like Poison, Night Ranger, Cinderella, yeah. mm-hmm. all these crazy hair bands that you think suck, but those dudes, for whatever they look like, they were monsters. CC Deville is one of the best guitar players. Yeah, he's oh, good. He's planet, good. Bro. Yeah, he's he's the shit. He yeah. uh, he was wh- whose guitar teacher was her? Oh my god! I was just telling this to somebody the other day. I, we had the I had this conversation at Scott's the other day too about CC too, and I can't remember. He may have been not Chris Broderick, but he was somebody like that's guitar teacher, somebody like that level. He was their wow. instructor. No shit. Yeah, that's how good of a guitar. And he turned down the job in Megadeth. Actually, CC yep. Dave Mustaine. Yeah, we were talking about the same fucking offered thing. Offered him dude. the job. He's like, Nah, I got yeah. fucking poison. I want to yeah. your bag. Wow. But you could. Yeah. Can you imagine fucking CC in that? I don't. I don't see Megadeth being the way it was. The guy CC had some. Really tasty fucking solos. I don't, I Dude, don't I saw him just open shred in like '88, and yeah. it was oh, just madness, bro. It was yeah. insane. The guy is a magician. I saw a lot of shitty shows. They're like Bon Jovi and fucking. But I saw like <laughs> was Rat. Bon Jovi bad? Rat. Uh, bon Jovi. It was just Bon Jovi. It was you know. I saw, I saw Ozzy there, dude. No rest for the wicked. That would have been fucking. That was wow. you know years before I saw Black Sabbath and Ozzy again. Right. Yeah, a hundred fucking times. But yeah. the Ozfest in the nineties. I know. I saw Ozfest two thousand one. That's the first time I saw Black Sabbath. Dude, that Sabbath, No Rest dude. for the Wicked show. That was fucking sick. Did Judas Priest when they Rob Halford oh, comes yeah. out on Painkiller tour riding a motorcycle? Yeah. <laughs> Monster metal shows yeah. back in those days. So yeah. Like Megadeth, Metallica. Yeah. I mean, every Dio came through. I was like in eighth grade, dude. Yeah. <laughs> fucking dragons on stage. I like, told you about the first show that I went sick, to, right? Bro. It was MGM, and it was uh, 95. I remember this. It was uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Nice. Oh, and so yeah, Earth, Wind, and Fire, dude. I saw Santana there, and that fucking shred, bro. Yeah. Oh, Santana. oh, I would kill to see Santana live. Shred. Yeah. I love listening to Santana. That's like, that's like if I'm sitting next to a fire um, at camping or, you know, Around the fire pit on the patio, it's Santana playing, man. Oh, absolutely! Just, oh, it's so relaxing and it's so Santa, Santana's history Everything is actually he pretty does. He, he's such a shred guitar player. If you understand uh, his history, his history with the Grateful Dead, I mean, there's all sorts of crazy shit going on. Yeah, that's on there. what I'm saying. His like history is like crazy. Yeah, I started opening my mind to music like that, and then when I started my video company, yeah. uh, my business partner and I, we just got into like this weird circuit where we started filming bands like. Michael Fronte and Spearhead and Modest Yahoo and John Butler Trio and Tim Reynolds, the guitar player for John, DMB. Yeah. John so Butler Trio. Dude. I filmed him like three fucking dude, times. Dude, that guy dude. is a fucking wizard with a guitar too. That guy, I've I've seen because he started busking, 
and then ended up getting noticed somehow, some way. And now he, that man on an acoustic guitar can it just take you to a hunt. He's badass, dude. And they're they're all central. And then they were all red light management. So the guy who owns red light manages Dave Matthews band. Oh, no shit. And Cheryl Crow and all those other bands fall underneath them. And I had this weird relationship with that DMB band. Um, I've seen Dave Matthews band literally in like 10 countries. Really? And then their guitar player, Tim Reynolds, is just one of undoubtedly the most underrated guitar players of all times. Tim Reynolds will shred anything at will at any time on any (laughs) guitar. (laughs) <laughs> and he's just like this little dude. He's the nicest fucking guy, dude. He's, he's kind of a friend. Text him sometimes here and there. And uh-huh. he's like, Tim, I'll, fuck, I'll, I'll throw I'll show him a riff. Or, yeah. He's like, oh. See, like what the fuck? He, yeah, <laughs> if you Google Tim Reynolds like in the 70s, yeah. he was like, he looks like a little Iggy Pop dude with long hair. Pla- I mean, he's just nastiest fucking all-around guitar player, I would almost say, that I've ever experienced or known. And just such wow. a huge honor to know a guy like Tim Reynolds. Right, just right, just right. to watch him shred. Dude, the first time I saw him was at Crystal Bay Club. We were videotaping him, and he's on acoustic guitar, yeah. running circles around anything he wants, literally at will. So I started filming him, and then, like, G-Love, Robert Randolph. I got into yeah. all these, like, weird kind of, like, hippie bands. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I just had the best time, and, like, I got exposed to all this kind of music I was never listening to. 98, 99, my best friend Aaron... He had a Vita bus, and he's. I bought a Vita bus. We ended up going on like the other ones tour. Grateful Dead, Fish, bands I would never listen to in a million years. Yeah, but I like. Dude, fish. those parking lots. Yeah. Fuck. Oh. fuck. I'd go right now. Yeah, That's yeah. fucking Burning Man. Yeah. People are all still yeah. going. Yeah. Like, fuck Burning Man. Fuck Burning Man. Yeah. Come yeah. on, fucking fish, fish tour. Concert. Right, fish yeah. tour. Let's go, dude. I went to the Dead Show in Oakland. Like right, it was like probably one of the last years. Because I joined the Marine Corps in 93, so it was... Oh, yeah, right before Jerry died. Yeah, right before. So it was, like, one of the last on... Probably one of the last tours. That shit was... It was insane. That's... It's a whole... Listen to them and yeah. be in there. And I'm not a huge Dead fan. I was know? gonna say I never got into them. I like the early, early Warlock stuff, the Pigpen stuff. Mm. Whole different experience. Oh, yeah. totally, dude. Right. So when I saw them with the other ones, then on on keyboards you got Bruce Hornsby, and the original singer, mm-hmm. one of the original singers from the '70s, the Donna Godshock singing, and like Steve Kamak playing guitar from Zero and KVHW. All these Bay Area jam bands people don't even know about, like the String Cheese Incident. Those, yeah. That. So Steve Kamak. Again, one of the most underrated guitar players mm-hmm. of all time. And I've seen him in venues where there's like five people. And they play for like three, four hours. Bobby Vega and Steve Cook, they're just shredding at will, dude. Oh yeah. And you're just like, what? How what, do these people what? not have that? That following. Yeah. yeah. They're all dead. They're, they're all, all getting wow. all fucking old. You well, know, now, well, and they, they didn't really focus on commercial success. The commercial success, yeah. monetary success came to them. Because they love music. Right. These are guys, even if you go back to early Dave Matthews, he was tooling around in a van, dude. Yeah. Yeah. You know, playing fucking malls and block. There's videos of him playing blockbuster videos. And there's like six people there, like trying to rent a video, and this guy's annoying him in the corner. (laughs) And now he's got got $300 million and owns an island. Right. right? And dude, I'll tell you something about that guy. I've interacted with him a few times. Nicest fucking dude on the planet, bro. Yeah. Nicest fucking guy in the world. Yeah. I've interacted with him in, uh, in the UK. He was. Tim and him were nice enough. Like, hey, put your backpack on the bus. Just, just ride with us. In uh, in Australia, mm-hmm. uh, I got pictures of him and I, and we were we had so that's my course. I went over to Australia in 2005, and I went over to see Dave Matthews, and we went across the country. We were bootlegging him. Uh-huh. Anybody wants to see the video, go on uh, YouTube and Google uh-huh. "Ants Marching Sydney," and you'll see it was shot by LSD, who's uh, we all had bootlegs name back then, and my bootleg name was Freaking Dead, and the videos there still exist from 2005. And uh, one of the acts that were over there at the the Bondi Music Fest was John Lee Hooker Jr. Mm -hmm. And so I filmed John Lee Hooker, and I ended up getting this weird relationship with John Lee Hooker Jr. 
And uh, he had like a young guitar player named Jeffrey Horan, who's awesome. And he needed a drummer. And I'm like, well, I got this fucking 16 year old drummer back in the States. Yeah, <laughs> when we get back. So I sent Oris down and he demoed and Hooker hired him. Yeah. And uh, they were going out on this global tour. And I, the night before they leave, I got a call from fucking Will Rock, the keyboard, the guitar player. He's like, what's up with your boy? He doesn't have his passport. He's not gone. I was like, so that just turned into a big yeah. thing. But I got into a... Uh, he's young, too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, and I get it. And I had some conversations with, with Mike. And, yeah. and he was a little nervous and that kind of thing, which I is I mean, that's, it's understandable. Yeah, he especially was, But he was, you know, always, he always wanted that attention, but then wouldn't... Well, right when it came to like go time and fucking, yeah, I think he put a lot of pressure on himself needlessly. Yeah, I hope I hope he's okay. I, I don't talk to him. I have him blocked. I I, I I so I went down to San Diego when he moved down there, and I he wants know, to fight I everybody in Reno, <laughs> <laughs> except me. For he has I'm like bro, nobody wants to fight you, dude. dude nobody here is he, violent. No one's he, fighting. When he was like, yeah, I want to join Nevermind. I was like, you want to play drums? Yeah. And like, what? he's like, no, I want you to play drums. I was like. I don't want to play drums. <laughs> You're fucking in the band, dude. Like, it's Mike Oris. Like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, he's like, yeah, dude, I want to do this. I, you know, I fucking love you. I was like, that way uh, was really like, oh, that's really nice of you. Oh, I was like, so thank sweet. you, because I really I had a mad respect for Mike because he was the, how how much talent that guy had. I mean, we all do. Like, you can't talk. I can't tell these stories and talk about my history without talking about these people. Yeah, because they are my history. Yeah, and I am. Theirs. And it's part of it's mine too as well. Absolutely, all of us. Yeah. I mean, never meet for a while. You were opening a lot of shows with us. Yeah, and playing was, shows. Like, yeah, all had same, great times. Yeah, dude, I had to. And some of your members ended up in some of my bands before yep. they they turned out to be rotten humans. And right, that mm -hmm. happens. You know, but so. he was the same way. Because Eric was in mm -hmm. in condemned, and now he's in condemned. So mm -hmm. it's you are. Mm -hmm. Oh wow! Yeah, interesting. I didn't know if they were still going yeah, on. Because I know we you guys. Just, no, we, we had him on the first, podcast, yeah. and they were like, uh, "I was like, have you guys found a singer?" He's, they're like, "No, we haven't." I was like, "I know one," and they're like, "Who?" And I was like, oh. "Right here," <laughs> because I, I I started playing with this guy in in Lethal Inception, which is another great project that's right now kind of on the back burner. Mm -hmm. But once it comes out, it's gonna be great. Yeah. But. We have an like, EP yeah, so ready to go. We have an EP. We have, we have almost like three EPs ready to go. <laughs> but yeah, it, and, and it was one of those. It, it, you keep bringing up a a common theme here, where where you talk about these amazing individuals that are very talented, and you talk about how how down to earth and cool and wonderful people they are. And like, isn't it funny to think that? You know, because we were talking earlier about how you meet people and they're just arrogant as fuck when they get to a status, right? Or a perceived status. Or a perceived like myself, status. I was that way. Right, I, mean, right, I don't right. walk on water, man. Right. But it, isn't, it, isn't it crazy to think that it, it, right now we idolize and we talk so much more about the people who are genuinely great human beings? Yeah. Because it, it just it's like there's too many of these assholes in the world for sure that's that you, like, a guy like jared right i didn't yeah. i never appreciated jared for the sincerely nice human yeah. he was because i was so caught up with him performing better as a drummer yeah that I, was my fault dude. Yeah, that's I not never, jared's fault yeah you know jared i love jared yeah. and, he, yeah. and I, I hope he has love for me and we i'm very supportive of him and i couldn't be any more proud of him and mm -hmm. i'm glad that uh i stole jared out of luck won't save you right. i heard him play yeah. <laughs> his eric Mine. tried to cock yeah his guitar player tried to i i and i just couldn't be any more happy that he was part of my journey as a human and yeah. conversely i hope the same is true i hope he well, his the, experience was the amount of people that you ended up magnetized like just they just attracted to you is, is, is and I, I got I'm a lot of my inspiration from all those people that you've brought well, into your project i appreciate that brother but let me let me put it a different way i attracted i was attracted to them 
Right. I'm just that kind of personality. I'm an overt. I'm an I'm an introvert and an extrovert simultaneously. Right. I could go home at night. There's nothing on. It's quiet. I'm reading. Right. I don't talk. I yeah. like the silence. Yeah. Nobody comes to my fucking house. Right. None of that shit, dude. I'm not like that at all. Right. Even at shows, you've seen me. I'm yep. in the corner. I'm not fucking at the bar. I don't want to talk. That's me. I'm in the fucking car with that fucking heater on with a trench coat on. But dude. I'm attracted <laughs> to talented people yeah. who make One me time. feel creatively yeah. inspired. So right. it's not. I don't. If people view me as that, that that's a huge compliment. If you, if yeah. you put it that way, if, you, if that's well, your perception, it, it, it that, put that's, me in I my journey that. of where I'm at now. And this is why one of the big reasons why I wanted to get you on here is because of that. You you had a huge hand into where I'm playing now. Oh, that's, I, that's, because if I, I didn't have that, that journey where I, I met all, all of you guys, you know, through early, you know, existence where we were just running through like, you know, here this place, this place, I would have been like, I, I, I probably wouldn't be where I'm at now. That's no. tremendous. And if, if, if I get nothing else out of my human experience, that alone is worth it all. Right. The same yeah. way that people impacted me, the same way those guys when I was coming. Right. Up, yeah. Yeah. Neil Wong put me in a, the kids fucking 10 years younger than me. Yeah. And he just put me in another direction, yeah. you know, yeah. which is like so fortunate. And so I just by nature of my personality, I always try to attract myself to people that inspire me. Yeah. yeah. People that challenge me. I, I always like to be the worst person in the band. I want to yeah. be the lowest rung on the ladder. Right. I always come which slave <laughs> was not a hard thing to do. Right. <laughs> yeah. I by far was probably the least uh, conditioned musician for sure. You know, Chris is coming from a drumline yeah. background. His yeah. musical theory, he had the most extensive, he had the most expansive experience being a drummer and a guitar player. Right. Mike, very knowledgeable, yeah. scales, chords, everything. Me, yeah. I started off that way, right. but I broke my back in 1991, and I embarked into that period of fucking 10 year period of darkness in my life where I was just, you know, heavily addicted to Percocet, right. medicated, right. and it completely fucked up my brain. That's yeah. a real thing. Like, I, I completely forgot how to read music. I yeah. forgot how to read chart music, how to wow. write music, all that shit. So then when I came back and I started getting involved with existence right off the bat, yeah. I was uh, taking an administrative role. I wasn't ever able to focus, and this is, this is not an excuse, just a fact. I was never able to practice as much as I needed to right. to be in a band with those caliber of musicians because I was doing too much other bullshit. Mm. And, uh, I'm going to tell you right now, you couldn't tell. As an, they outside, could tell. as an outside perspective, though, I couldn't tell. I appreciate that, but I could tell and they could tell. And that yeah. was always a sore spot for them and right. me, and rightfully so for them, because when I'm harping on people to perform, right, and then I'm not performing, right, right. So it's it was it's a double edged sword, and that's why I will never get back into that kind of situation where I'm I'm in such so much control, mm. or why I feel like I have to be doing the graphic art, the marketing. I right. got to call. And back in the early days, I yeah. had to call the promoters. I had you to had fucking to do it all. I had to yeah, do it all. It, somebody it was all had late to. work. It was all late work, or yeah. nobody did. Right. I mean, just by you're not being just, the oldest. You're not just hitting post here. That's yeah. Yeah, for sure. But uh, you know the Re the Reno music scene always there was always just. So many fucking Otis and you know tomorrow night is Mickey's uh, Mickey Roberts' yep. memorial at Wells if they make yeah. go over there at Ryan's. Yep. Yeah. So I went there uh, actually last counter. week, dude. It was. Yeah. It's not That's the same. It's not too. the same. Well, uh, Ryan's. Ryan's. Yeah, we had some movie. monster shows there. Dude, bro. we had some fucking crazy epic shows over there, right? And now I go down to Wells, and even like when I go down there to to do street photography, yeah, the whole look is different. It's different. You know? It's totally gentrification. Different. Different. Ryan's losing yep. its edge, it's which always it. made it unique. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I say this all the time, like, you, and you could say this about anywhere. Yeah. But Reno is unique in the way that everything's just so condensed, and it's yeah. always got that kind of dirty side to yeah. it, which yeah. is why I love the street photography. And to digress back to your point, the 8512 <laughs> 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 really cool. knows cool. how to fucking capture that. So if you ever want to come out with me, man, you're, you're more than welcome. I got rid of my big camera, like my, because I had a Canon uh, Nifty 50 or my uh, 7200. Yeah. But I like the 50. I like shooting with the 50. Anybody I listening? I saw the XTI. 
rebel. If anybody's out there listening and you ever want to go shoot street photography, hit me up. I'm yeah. easy to find. Throw a rock. Yeah. Go to Reno Street Photography. Just Google that. It's on Facebook and Instagram. I own the .com. I haven't developed it yet. But I, I want to go out with you. I'm going to hit you up. Dude, come out. We smoke weed and take pictures. And that's I don't smoke weed. I'll watch you guys <laughs> smoke weed. I'll take photos I of do it. smoke weed, man. <laughs> well, before before we forget, because you didn't just bring the camera. You brought that beauty down there in the case. And I've been... This okay. actually, uh, yeah. Oh, before that, I wanted to bring this up. Because Jared, Jared posted a couple... Uh, it was Actually, I think it was yesterday. He posted... An old flyer, and it was at Godfather's Pizza. Oh my God! Yeah, and it was oh, so. This this is the I show. This, yeah. yeah. So oh. this is the lineup. It was Otis, Nevermute, Enslave the Creation, and um, 12, 12 gauge 12 facelift. Gauge, Twelve gauge Godfather on Audi. Yeah. Yep, on Audi. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. It's not on. It's right across from Reno High. The um, I remember that now. Mike used to work there. Yeah, he did. Used to work there. Yeah. <laughs> and it was after oh, that show. Right. They there was one down there. We So we played oh, in the middle right. of that Godfather's Pizza. Bro, we played bakeries. We Dude, played it was fucking. insane. <laughs> they did. I remember we had, there was tables being broken and Thanks shit. Thanks, everybody. And they never fucking grab a invited us again, dude. That, that was a great show, dude. I had so much fun at that show. Dude, just that lineup alone, I was like. So 12 gauge. I totally I, remember that. I had, um, so uh, Jeremy Granada who I used to play with back in the day at uh, 8990 in mm-hmm. Lemon Valley. Yeah. So there was all the Valley kids. So it was it was a separate. So Reno had their own scene, but nobody ever talked about the Valley, and the Valley was where, dude, it was Crazy getting, motherfuckers were. It was insane well, there. The, the Valley was where you would play, like, keg parties. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, tons and, of people. And that's, uh-huh. so that's where I was talking about the pits, but there was yeah. this there was this place called 8990. It was like, a, it was a house. It was the skater, kegger party. Dude, there was. The ragers. That, the built, <laughs> dude, the walls would be fucking destroyed. And I'm like, I remember going in there and like, I think I started going there in like middle school, at like eighth grade. And I'm like, who the fuck owns this goddamn place, dude? <laughs> who is paying for this fucking remodeling of this? Because people would be hanging off the ceiling oh, yeah, fans. Yeah. And they'd be playing pool, and at the end of it would be like a stack pile of beer cans, like on fire and shit. And they're like, "Did you ever play the uh, Stonies on Keystone? Yeah, when it was on Keystone. That this, it was an inter- oh yeah, where the uh, I, the rink was by the uh, train track on mm-hmm. Keystone by the what's now the Maverick gas station, right? Yeah, it used yeah. to be an uh, uh, skating rink. Or a skate park. Skate park. Skate park. It used yeah, to be a skate yeah, park. Yeah, absolutely. And way back, like on uh, Taylor Street, was at the uh, Ground Zero. You know, before it was Ground Zero. My first time I played there was the year 2000. It was the Church Burner House, mm. and uh, really had some epic fucking venues. Q and Cushion. Yeah. Q and Cushion for sure. Oh, on Keystone. I miss Keystone, yeah. dude. I miss that place, dude. I when that they place. tore it down, House on the Hill. We, House we on played the with Hill. You guys there. <laughs> that was us. The fucking guy had the remember soundboard the guy, in the kitchen. Yeah, they cut the fucking wall the, through the wall. No, you, it was because the guy. I remember playing the week before. The guy fell through the fucking wall. Dude, the guy fell through the wall. I remember when you guys were playing. Like somebody in your band was so caught up about the lights. I think it was you actually. Like the, oh, yeah. the, the oh, lights. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you're so concerned about the lights. Yeah, 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 like, we gotta get the lighting right here. It's not getting my good side. I'm like, we're in somebody's living room. What's going on with the lights? You had like these floor. Yeah. I'm the lone wolf, dude. Every show is a fucking stadium tour, and I need pyrotechnics. He just got done doing a skate video. Look at all flashy. So I was also off the stage. Wait, wait, wait. Get the lights right. Get the lights <laughs> right. I, I was also doing drummer, man. I was doing skateboarding at times, so yeah. I was like full on. You were like, skateboarding big time at that uh, Yeah, time. I was doing. I was. But there's like a hundred people at that show. I was just like, what? dude, it was crazy. How do we get all these people in here? <laughs> dude, I have no idea. There's people dude. in the bathroom, like watching the show. Like, I know. Oh, like, oh, like, fuck. I keep telling these guys, I'm like, who the fuck? Well, I was always curious because I've always been kind of older in the scene. 
you know, when I was in, in existence, I'm 20 years, I was 10 years older than everybody in the band, at yeah. least 14 years older than Mike and Mike. Yeah. And then in Enslave, you know, when I started Enslave, I was 38 and Shelby, Chris, mm. Jared, all 19. Yeah. So it's always interesting as an, the adult to see what the fuck's going on. Right. Because like the way I was raised, I was raised so nuclear, right? Literally in the Reagan years in the eighties. And like, I'm like, this is not when I was a kid. I was like, this is rad. This is cool. This is what it should be. Right. Should people have kids having fun, safe. There's no guns. There's no fighting. It It was great time. Yeah, man. I I was having a good time. time. I mean, a little minimal drinking here and there. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't anything crazy though. Like people weren't getting out of hand. It was just more like having a good time and be like, all right, man, that was a great show. You know why, bro? Simply, if you didn't, it fucked up the show. Yeah, and it's not more any more complicated than that. I think when people go to venues, they have they think they have a little more license to misbehave. To be fair to the venue owners, right. you know, it's not. I'm not 100% anti-venue. I'm just I'm against people who are like so like money centric, yeah. right. and like they're just not willing to even like give a little bit. It's like you got this awesome venue, it's filled with kids, dude. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. kids want to come see in the world today. Yes. Yeah, 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 for sure. Spread man. the fucking love to the ones that you know want to hear this too. Well, it could be the next. It could be the next generation of, of musicians. Exactly. And I think we're Maybe. losing that. Losing I think we are losing that fucking battle. Here. Yeah. Because, like I said, I, uh, both of us had that uh, that experience when we were underage and we were going into uh, yeah. you know shows. I'm good and about it, the, uh, it kickstart us. I really want to be a positive force back in the Reno music scene again. So I think I'm, I've come. I've had enough time off. I go through yeah. periods of time. I have a 40 year music career in one city. Um, I, I was talking with Scott. I think I want to start a punk band. I'm just going to sing. I'm loquacious by nature, so I don't... I, I'm doing that tomorrow. I'm filling in for a punk band. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So I think I'm going to go front of a punk band, just sing. Yeah. And just, you know, have fun. Yeah. yeah. Scott and I are talking. When I, but I definitely want to get back into a, a, a playing situation with a touring metal band. Yeah. So hopefully it's enslaved. But Mike and I are both at the same mindset it's like okay we're gonna put out a professional recording yeah the one thing we never did in slave all this time we never had recording we right. never recorded wow, bro yeah because we were so live yeah we played i can't probably over a thousand shows, no, oh, so easily easily yeah and touring you know without drummers and like computer shows and shit but <laughs> yeah. now we've got the knowledge we've got the experience We've got the age. You got a drummer and a vocalist in mind that you want to Not at all. No, not at all. If you're out there listening and you want to play tech drums or tech metal, I I would love Jared to do it. I know he's so busy, I don't want to bother him. He's fucking, dude, he's on some And and when we talk to him, he wants to do it. So if that could work out. what about Josh? Josh. Mathis. Mathis was the first guy we He came (laughs) over to my... So Josh Mathis was the first person we tried to get into our band. This is many years ago. I just love telling this story because we're friends and it's funny. Uh, Chris and Mike and I played for him. Yeah. And then we gave him the demo, and I remember he was just like slumping in the chair, and like we never heard from him again. <laughs> I was like, "What's up with your boy?" Because I didn't know him. Yeah. I'm like, "What's up with that kid, Josh?" And they're like, "Chris was like, yeah, I don't know. He said he says he can't do it." I'm like, I, I think he'll have a different opinion. I would strongly he's recommend reaching more, out. He has more experience more miles on his on belt now. now. He's the only reason I joined Blasphemous, and I told it to wow. Isaac. Yeah. Isaac's like, "Do you want to play in Blasphemous Creation?" Yeah. And I was like. Mathis, your, Who's drummer? your drummer. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I've been wanting to play with him for years. Yeah, yeah. So we went on at the place that won't be named, and we played three songs. Right. And that was the last time I actually was ever on stage. I yeah. think with the wow. Blasphemous Creation. Yeah. Wow. At that show. Yeah, he just got off. Of, we just had him on a couple weeks yeah. ago, actually, and he just got a huge tour. But I think he's really. I, I would strongly recommend if you're. Oh, he's wait, a sick want, drummer, dude. I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. if he's into Enslave. I don't know. Dude, he's into involved. everything. That guy. He's yeah. he's he's open to a lot of he's shit. Doing dude. He's doing stuff, country yeah. shit right. Fantastic, Mike and I play tons of jazz. Well, that's I, I think that's that's why I'm saying it's because he's he's open minded to a lot. Oh, of he's, shit. he's, he's, he's always been a great supporter and a huge friend. And Walkway yeah. Alpha, we always help. 
books oh, of yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. The DVD that we ended up making at the uh, Knitting Factory, it, the, the Walkway Alpha bangs hanger, hanger, oh, <laughs> hanging in the background yeah, because yeah. it was their CD release party. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and have you heard their new project? Which one? The uh, Fervents? No. Dude, check it out. Yeah, dude. I don't, dude. I, honestly, I I try to restrict my social media to checking my messages. Yeah, well, it's, and, uh, it's maybe checking on a few friends. It's on Spotify. It's on Spotify. Yeah, oh, I'll, cool. I'll, I'll yeah, show yeah. you a little bit after this. I need links, bro. After we get done here, I'll show you a little bit of. Uh, yeah, I love I love my friends from those days, especially mm-hmm. who are still cutting. You yeah. know, out there fucking doing it. It's it's tough, man. Yeah. The older you get, the tougher it gets to yeah, sleep right. and food and that kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, Jared's fucking killing it. And I Josh appreciate all it. of it, dude. And like, especially all these guys doing doing that. Yeah, I yeah. want to get. You know, I want to be. Uh, I'm ready to put all my force. I, I'm in and out of school all the time. I'm in school right now, but now I can go to school online. Yeah, right. So I'm ready to go full force back into music. I think and just photography full time. That's all I really do anyway. Yeah. It's like yeah. I'd love to see you get out there. It, it was a blast playing with you, dude. It was awesome, man. And now I've now the cool thing being a tech metal player in the year 2022, the equipment is where we needed to be. Right, Speaking neural DSP, Axe Effects. Axe Effects. So my <laughs> other guitar player just bought an Axe Effects three that just came out. Yeah, dude. This. Thing, All right, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. This is the first time I've ever been able to play metal efficiently because Kiesel, Carvin Kiesel, right? Yeah. Missing the top. I was, dude, shut right? up. Let me tell you about that. I didn't. That's a valid point because I always I didn't like the idea of it. Really? I didn't like the idea of it. No. They, they do look weird. Right. Yes. And it's really it's kind of weird when you're on the first fret because you're you know your hand. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. There's nothing to stop your hand. Right? No. Yeah. And so if for the people listening, I'm playing the Kiesel Vader. They're custom made, right? This mm. this thing was 2200, and it's a bo- it's a bottom level Kiesel, right? The knobs fell off of it. It's got the shittiest pickups I've ever heard in my life. The inlay fell at once, <laughs> so it's the lowest end Kiesel I could possibly afford at the uh-huh. time when I when I built it two years ago. I will build another one and spec it out, or uh, I have a. Uh, I'd like to get a Lafay, which are another headless base that comes out of Germany. They start off about six thousand, yeah. but I'm at that point in my life where I'm getting to the like I need to have the performance that I. These bases, man, having 24 frets on a 30 inch, it's insane. Dude. It's, what do you think about the fan frets? I uh, I've ne- I played Chris's Legator. Yeah. And uh, fan frets are cool. It's not for me. No. Some guys love them. Some guys don't. Oh uh, yeah, that's how I want to get your opinion. Yeah, I, I've I've never I don't have I played one for five minutes. That's right. my entire experience. Okay. okay. I don't know how it would be on a bass, but yeah. This fucking thing I've had it for I'm going on two years here in December. Mm-hmm. I have hated it up until about six months ago. <laughs> because now I understand it. Right. And I've been fighting it like any instrument. Right. Know, but yeah. now I got the feel for it. Yeah. And without a headstock, you know, there's no overtone. There's not the harmonics aren't as strong. Right. Yeah. And there's no, it's more piccolo for sure. It's definitely yeah, more yeah, of a yeah. trebly bass. But dude, this thing is a fucking Ferrari engine inside of a Volkswagen. It's just like, <laughs> there's no weight to it. No, it's yeah. 100% filter speed. And, uh, but then when I start getting better, if you slap pop it, it's got a lot of, it's got some funk to it too. Yeah. And the good thing about having the electronics we have nowadays, especially that neural DSP, yeah. you could IR any fucking amp on the planet, right. achieve Shit any tone you want. So. Oh. Now that that's the case, um, I'm get, I was getting ready to swap out these shitty Kiesel pickups for EMGs. I'm never gonna get a Kiesel endorsement. You're doing your own. <laughs> you're doing your own work, then I'm guessing. Yeah, but my my point is, I didn't do that because the electronics are where I'm getting my tone now. All right. Bass players throughout history get their tone from their instrument, mm-hmm. right? Especially the funk guys in the 70s. Who's the right. Collins and guys All those guys, like, right? Yeah, and yeah. even me, I own the only two Jackson. Fender, Fender Jazz, dude. Yeah. dude yeah, I these, love the fucking Fender Jazz, These little dude. wood bad boys right here in the background are the only two Jackson JP, JPB9s on the planet that I'm aware of. No wow. shit. I've gone after them. I own two of them. I own the only two. Yeah. Jackson 
built about 93 of these in 1998, I think, or 96. Right. And they infringed on Marlowe. Literally knocked off the body style. Oh, so they pulled him. They set up next to him in like a European NAMP. And Marlo yeah. was like, what and the so fuck? And so they just Whoa. fucking pulled yeah, him. Yeah, so Marlo sued them. Yeah. And they got oh, recalled well, and destroyed, yeah. all of them. Oh, There's wow. a 7 and an 8 series, too. But this is the only two 9s, which were wood. The best sounding bass I've ever had in my life. Oh, I mean, in terms of natural tone, Dang. blows this thing out of the water, for sure. So uh, uh, what is that? I mean, as not being a bass player, is it, is it the wood kind of? Is it the wood? It's the wood. It's the build. Right. It's the cure. Yeah. It's the electronics. I couldn't even get the schematic. When I called Jackson about 15 years ago, I broke my case and wanted to try and get another. They're yeah. like, you got to send that back so we can destroy it. I was like, you fuck can fuck you. right off, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Don't fuck yourself. I just bought another one off eBay. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah and uh, Matt Marathon had one from Landmine Marathon, and I was trying to get Ooh, his. Landmine Marathon. He got it because he's an EMG endorsed. So yeah. uh, he's like, oh, I pulled the pickups out, dude. I have EMGs in there. I don't know what happened to the pickups, and I never ended up getting the bass off him. I wish I would have. Yeah, dude. But uh, I remember when they, I, I watched them at Ryland House, dude. I I went and I oh, think we were Ryland. playing. Ryland? I think we opened up. Yeah, yeah I think we band. opened up for him actually at the Ryland House. Super nice guy. He's dude. like, yeah, you want the bass? I was like, I don't have the bass anymore, but I, know, I, I almost went after it. But yeah. dude, the fact that I am, I'm playing on the first fret right here, yeah, it's madness, dude. It's oh, total yeah, madness. It's, it, it, it looks like it would be more comfortable too. It gives, Absolutely, it gives you so much more freedom. Like it feel, it makes yeah, you feel light. Yeah, but what about light. the weight? Is it? Yeah, I was like, wait. There's nothing to it, dude. Nothing. That's yeah. why it doesn't have the balls to it. Right. I mean, the wood is like. You know, it's, there's just nothing to it. Yeah, because yeah. the, the mass will also help with the tone, Sure. Too. I mean, bass can weigh 6, 8, 10 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. This thing is fucking a couple pounds, dude. It's just, right. it's a goddamn, it's a quarter mile oh, car. Geez. That's all it is. Wow. It's, right. a, it's, a, it's built for just speed. Just a sprint, yeah. But if you know how to play it properly, it, there's, and you can achieve tones. I just, the Kiesel pickups are just not, this is one of the first ones that they were putting out because now they have a, a much more refined build process. Yeah. The, the instruments have gone up in price. The guitar configuration, the website's completely redesigned. It's, it's a better company. Yeah. I kind of jumped into them when they first came out. Yeah. Understandably, the bass is right, right where I would expect it to be. Yeah, yeah. The next one better be right the first fucking time. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, 3500 Yeah, especially how much you're paying, I was going to say. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to go Swamp Ash and Active. Kiesel doesn't make active pickups. They make active electronics. So I'm going to get the active electronics in here because I, I actually bought a Bromberg off of them, a Brian Bromberg series, okay. and it was the most beautiful bass. Kiesel sent me the most beautiful fucking bass on the planet I had ever touched, actually. I just love that bass. But Brian Bromberg, is a, uh, he, you know, he's a jazz player. The body was twice the size of yeah, this. It was just massive. Yeah, it was You're coming down on it. So yeah. I went from one extreme to the other. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah You're, like, sure. You're coming in like a crane. Yeah, man, but this thing is, when you whip this thing out, dude, it's... It's just, it's built for speed. There's no yeah. way around it. For yeah. me, the, my approach to yeah. this base right. is uh, speed-oriented, yeah. for sure. Right, so it depends on which project you're working on you're going to be using this. No, I, I use this exclusively. I was like, going to say, yeah, I was like, absolutely. I've seen that before. And yeah, I'm gonna, I, well, I had it with Blasphemous. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. And well, so did you have it with FTR as well? I just got it. Yeah. Right right at the same time? Yeah, I was think it so. it? Maybe, no, I didn't have it. That was 2017. Uh, yeah, okay, I was going to say, it was a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. No, I did not have it. Well, one thing that's always intrigued me about bass players is there's the there's not enough the fingers, them. and then there's the pick. And yeah, so and it's a constant battle. And, and you're a plucker, right? No. Or are you a slap? You I like, play, I've always had a funky, uh, when I'm playing metal, uh -huh. it's 90% pick, and then I'll integrate my fingers. Really? Chris Lucy. and Mike, you know, they're doors yeah, and sweeps. Yeah, and yeah. Now with this project with James, yeah, I'm do I play a little bit more of my fingers, but uh -huh. I've always liked the attack better. Ah, okay. I would love yeah. to hear it's that shit from you and James. It's a stronger tone. It's yeah, sick. it's a sharper tone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. cleaner off the string. Yeah, really. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the only th you know this bass, it's 
It's interesting. I, br I break strings, string this thing all the time. Like, I'm <laughs> oh, not yeah. used to it. It's not, yeah, it's yeah. user error on my part. Yeah, yeah. The bridge, I love the bridge. This is an old, I mean, the old Steinbergs back in the, uh -huh. the day, the 80s, the old black bass head, all the 80s pop bands were playing yeah. without the head. Those were only basses that were like that for years and years. Yeah. So, mm. Carvin, Kiesel, is uh, smart enough to target tech metal players. You know, wow. no other guitar company that I'm aware of has targeted the tech metal industry as strongly as Kiesel does. Like, Archfire mm. plays them. A lot of really advanced tech metal guys play. Zenith Passage, I've seen the guys playing Kiesels, and uh, huh. I don't know if they play them primarily, but right. they have a lot of endorsements. Yeah, yeah, I see videos or something mm -hmm. they'll be doing a lot, yeah. but a lot of a lot of the tech guys are playing Kiesel now, and for obvious reasons in terms of efficiency. Wow, so they're just fucking nasty, dude. Yeah. And huh. if you get the right one, I mean, I didn't know anything about it, so when I built it, I went yeah. in blind. Yeah. So I'm, overall, I'm happy with it. It yeah. works, and uh, I shred this fucking thing. You keep saying it. Come, uh, you built it. Did it come in pieces, and then you just you order it? You custom build it to everything, even your finger length, man. And no when you get a shit. custom guitar, they measure your arms, your fingers, and you know they they spec it out. So really? I called Kiesel. I went through their build process. Right. Picked my wood. I yeah. Picked the, I picked the color. I picked the overlay. You know, this is just cheap. Cheapest base I could get out. It's twenty two hundred bucks. That's crazy. Yeah. It was eighteen ninety nine or something, and then oh, yeah. for custom. Yeah, for a custom base uh, wasn't bad. Well, uh, how he's saying it, it's all custom. That's hard to beat. Yeah, twenty two hundred. I've never had one before, and that the the two hundred dollars of that is the uh, I have dark glass tone caps in there because ah. I try to put a preamp to get a little boost on it. Gotcha. Which th there's like one spot. <laughs> I found one you're like, spot. I fucked up the knobs. I mean, the knobs are falling uh, off of it. Yeah. I had to send it back once because the inlay fell out. I'm like, come on, guys, two grand. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give me something that's not gonna fall apart Seriously, on me, dude. Like, come what on. are you doing? But yeah. dude, and then Kiesel. They don't have hard cases. They only sell you a fucking... They sell the these, like, bag, the gig bags. Dude, I fucking hate gig yeah, bags. I, I always have. And sure enough, gig bag. I forgot to zip it up three times, and I've lifted mm. this thing up, and it's, it's dropped, and yeah. it's hit the ground, and it's all patched up. Right, and, yeah. You yeah. know, so I hate those fucking bags. Yeah. I wish they Get a fucking hard case, dude. Yeah, I wish you'd SKB, dude, case. get a hold of them. Yeah. Well, I, I just went down to fucking Guitar Center, bought a Gator case. Yeah, ta-da. Oh, the Gators. The Gators there, Nostern, yeah. Fits right in there, and it's perfect, man. So I'm a huge fan of hard cases. Yeah. Protected my bases a couple times one time in existence we were going to a show and i rented some shitty pt cruiser for whatever reason like 19 <laughs> right yeah like two thousand fucking three yeah. when i'm loading the fucking car who's the kardashian now <laughs> right definitely me <laughs> definitely me i put the bass in the back seat and fucking mike takes my bass out and puts it on the side leaning up against the car to put yeah. his guitar in Oop. doesn't put it back yeah i get in the car thinking my bass is in the back i shut the door yeah and uh we were in the back of oris's backyard yeah. and i go to back up and i hit something i thought was a rock so i'm like oh let's power break this motherfucker and i'm like and i'm power breaking it <laughs> yeah, Bam, the pop over <laughs> the dust all clears yeah and there's my fucking bass case oh. like, and then it clicked in what it, what it had just happened and then my jackson in there Oh, and I just was like, destroyed shit. the case. I get out and I open the case and the base is un untouched. Oh, thank God. So the case, the hard case did its job, right? Oh, and thank God. That was my Jackson case. That's how I destroyed <laughs> it. Oh, I thought you, okay. I thought you had a gig bag on that. No, like, no, that, no. I was like, how the fuck did that That's survive? That's why I've always been a, like, like, what'd you get in dude. that thing? I dude. swear by hard cases yeah. for that wow, very yeah. reason, dude. And, and not just bases, like drums too. I, I love running SKBs. Yeah, I've seen drummers break drums all the time. I got fucking so many dings and bashes in from fucking just torn and just throwing it in and out so what, what are you doing with uh from the rooms right now is that still a, a band or no I, I told him i was like dude I'm, I'm tired of playing the same shit we need some new yeah. material yeah yeah <laughs> i was like you guys got it first of all it was the same thing you brought up it was more like we, we can't even play the shit we've been playing for fucking five ten years man. well scotty's like, a great fucking songwriter i mean that guy's got mad he's, he's a great he's a great player and that's why i i, I ended up 
following him because I met him through signing and yeah. he just he was like every project he was in the like you want to play drums you want to play drums <laughs> and so that's how I ended up in like six Scott. or seven bands yeah. you know because <laughs> Scott he's he, he's one of those guys he's a he's a showman he's a and he loves fucking playing yeah. dude he wants he, he loves music I love that about him yeah. he loves music and so I was like I was naturally drawn to that and me and him linked up naturally anyway because I guitar players I always linked up to Usually, as like a jam player, you, it's usually the bass player. That's, yeah, so me that's too. Though I always linked up with guitar, I never really guitar, connected with drummers. <laughs> guitar player, yeah, it's always where I linked up. I okay, think because secretly I've always wanted to be a guitar player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You well, never, you never did. picked it up. It was just never like, did, man. I went from violin to stand up bass. My mom back in like '83, she was making me do violin. Yeah, and uh, I didn't want to play an instrument anymore. Yeah, I was gonna be like one of those. Catholic Italian kids who had to play piano and stuff. <laughs> and so I picked the most obnoxious instrument I could Fuck find, <laughs> thinking my mom wouldn't want to carry this thing to school, right? Dude, Fourth let's, grade. Let's do a rockabilly fucking Fuck show, dude. Dude, dude go, let's go back to the stand-up bass, dude. I was fucking That's what I was playing, right? So I'm playing know, stand-up yeah. bass, <laughs> hoping my mom's going to get sick of lugging this thing to school. No. no she carried yeah. it for two years. She's like, I got do you. Do some tiger I got you. Shit. Yeah. Oh, no, it wasn't. I, she got, it wasn't. My mom, it's not like I got you. It was like... I'm going to carry this thing and you're going to play it, motherfucker. Right, yeah, yeah, right. Okay. The house I grew up in, yeah. there was no downtime, yeah. right? There was no TV. Like, you could watch a little bit of TV. I was but, like, I like, could tell from just the way you are now, dude. Yeah, it was, you know, there was sports, there was school, yeah. there was studying, yeah. there was catechism. I went to fucking, like, you know, catechism, dude, until yeah. I was 16. And I got my car and I told my mom, I'm not, I don't believe in God. I'm not going this fucking right. shit anymore. Right. I told the nuns four years ago, I don't fucking believe in this shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they didn't believe they me. Didn't tell you. Here. <laughs> it was always like, don't you ever let your grandmother hear that right, yeah, because yeah. then, you know, she burst into tears. Right. Yeah, for my yeah. salvation. Yeah. Being a firstborn grandchild in a, in a very Catholic, Roman Catholic, yeah. Mo, Roman Catholic. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, being the male. The oh my God. It was like, you're going to be a priest. I'm like, yeah. I don't want to be a priest. Well, you're going to be a priest so grandma can get in heaven. All right, yeah. Well, fucking grandma better have been a good person. <laughs> I, hope, because... like, yeah. I hope she was good. <laughs> I hope grandma was fucking yeah. good because yeah. that's, if that's all me, then she's right. got it wrong. Yeah. yeah. She might be in line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah I love my grandma. <laughs> I miss my grandparents terribly, man. They're awesome. Old, old country people, all Portuguese and Italians. So. Yeah. But that's they right. raised me and they, they, they definitely molded me to be who I am. Yeah. At this point in time, yeah. Which, uh, yeah, I'm just a person trying to find my way, like anybody, right? And uh, I'm very appreciative of the world around me, and for people like you, and grateful, and that's yeah. it. It's not. I'm highly caffeinated and fully stoned, and let's right, do yeah. it. Hell yeah. <laughs> right? That's about it, man. It's not complicated. For yeah, me. I like school. I like photography. I like music, and uh, I like talking with people. So uh, yeah, I love doing these kind of things because I just get to just share like yeah. stories. Like I feel in a way like. Uh, because I'm involved, sometimes when you tell stories, it comes off like it's about you, you, you. But it's not. I'm though, trying to articulate like, just the, what was going on, yeah. so that other people, like younger people, can grasp onto what and was going that's, on. And yeah. that's the whole reason. Like, I, just I, so I love history. That's why we do. This. That's why we do that's this. Awesome, because I, that was the whole reason. I was like the history behind. I, I'm a big history guy, so I, yeah. and going into these back the green rooms and stuff and listening to all these stories, I'm like, dude, people need to fucking hear this. Yeah, like, yeah I'm so fortunate to have been there and i'm yeah. super privileged to have yeah. been part of it yeah and uh for whatever my contributions were yeah um it's a lot and, and i don't th i don't think you really grasp that I, I try not to measure it bro because i don't i, 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 don't, I don't want to blow you up like no no i don't i don't need to blow myself up i appreciate that like i don't i don't have low self-esteem right yeah. nobody's ever accused me of that right. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really as an adult more and more i'm really just trying to embrace the fact that i was just part of something that was special yeah my, it wasn't because of me yeah it would have it would have survived without me yeah but hopefully because of my presence in that 
those times you and got those places. To be there. I got to be there and maybe I influenced somebody to well, want to play instruments. Other people, or, like myself. That's, the, that's a beautiful things. thing, brother. If yeah. I influenced one person to yeah. want, if anybody ever came to a show and said, I saw that dude play bass yep. and that's what I want to do because right. of that, the same way that I saw a band and said, I want to do that. Exactly. That is the, that's the biggest paycheck I'll ever get yep. as a human and yeah. uh, fuck all the rest. Right. I, I would like commercial success, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all do. Yeah. We all strive for that uh, accolade. But, Except uh, me. It's not, Lone wolf. Yeah, and if I don't get it, it'll be fine. I'll survive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll survive, and, and I love what you guys got going on here. So if, yeah. if I can ever come on again, or oh, you're, I'd love well, to bring def- like Mike I and James want, on. Uh, yeah, I want to bring Mike and James both yeah, on. Maybe Jared some night. If Jared's back in town, we, let's we've, get, we've already talked to we talked to Jared. Yeah, yeah. we talked to Jared. And he's 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 you know he's busy. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he's he's gonna get on here. That's Dude, awesome. that'd be cool if we get all of you guys mm. on here at once. Oh, we would. I could probably speak for everybody and say we would all love to do that. Yeah, I think it'd be cool. Yeah, we're all in such a bigger, you know, as, as far as the people from Enslaved the Creation. I will always only ever think of Enslaved the Creation as those four people. Right. And then Shelby. You know, yeah, Shelby, yeah. we had five singers, but right. Shelby to me was the most integral mm-hmm. uh, part of that yeah. vocal position. That was so. an inch, uh, yeah. She just had balls, dude. I mean, I dude, fired was, Eric at a show, right? The I know. first show we ever I fucking remember. played. It was the alley. I was fucking there. <laughs> no, it was uh, the treehouse. Was it the treehouse? Yeah, we opened up for Fallujah, and uh, he comes in covered in blood, and I'm like, what the fuck? Why you got blood on you? He's like, oh, I got in a fight with my girlfriend. Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean, dude? What yeah. does that mean? Yeah, Explain why are you covered in blood? Yeah, he's like, oh, you know, and people are like, that dude's out there slapping his girlfriend, and I'm like, yeah. or I, or he, I, I don't know, somebody was slapping somebody, yeah. and that's zero tolerance. Listen, dude, 2022, I say this all the time, and I can end with this. Zero tolerance, QAnon, white nationalism, or fucking uh, violence, ab- violent abuse. There's just no call for it in modern society, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I don't want anything to do with anybody that has anything to do with that. Yes. If you're a violent person, if you believe in white nationalism, the QAnon is just kind of a goofy thing to me. But if you if you subscribe to the fact that people are not equal on all levels, or if you're prejudiced in any way, get the fuck out of here, dude. I don't got time for you in my life. Take your bullshit to Alabama. <laughs> I, I I don't believe in any of that, but I also yeah. don't believe in anybody's fucking just random opinions on if somebody's just wording a mouth of like just operator, like just this person told me this, this person told me, I'm not gonna take your fucking word for it. Mm. I've been around the Iglesias for fucking years, and I've never seen that. So for me, for when everybody says this, I have a different opinion because I've had that many years with them where I didn't see this. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if this is something new or if it's something that's just happening. The experience I was referring to yes. happened. Yeah. I was there. Okay, see, you un- you were there and you saw that. I don't have yeah. that. Yeah. It's unfortunate because I like Eric. I liked Eric as a person. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I saw him just the other night walking down the street. Yeah. And I want nothing to do with him, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, of, because of what I saw right. on the internet. And, uh, well, that's the thing. Yeah, what I saw on the internet has the rest nothing. of his family. I mean, when I saw the pictures of the damage and just the fact that somebody would, in, the fact that anybody would be violent at a fucking at that show. Right. I mean, come on, dude. What are you doing? At any fucking show. At any fucking show, right? Yeah. But I don't even mean Eric. In, in, in general, this is just in, in any any individual who goes to that extreme. The world is in a we're in a place where people need to start standing up and saying this is right and this is wrong. There You're are right. subjects we all have our own interpretations, yeah. but I don't think anybody in this room is going to argue the fact that white nationalism is wrong. No, it's bad. Yeah, and slapping women around is wrong. Yes, it's bad. Slapping anybody around is wrong. Right. Come fucking try and slap me around, bro. Yeah, I'm not yeah. a tough guy. Right, but uh, I'll slap back. Me first, I'm gonna. You hit her first, you hit her back. <laughs> Not to be all like Orwellian and heavy, but dude, I, I see this shit and like. Good for you. 
It's got to stop. People have got to stop say, start saying this is just not wrong. And then because it is wrong because it, it gets wrong. associated with your bands. Like, yeah. I saw the shit that your band was catching yep. dude, for for Polly and the other dudes mm-hmm. not saying immediately this was fucking yeah. wrong. They did immediately. Well, no, though, they didn't a, though. They booted well, him immediately. And, and that came out. They fucking booted him. And I talked to them the, about the, this too. As the well, hard though. part was is they were like, okay, as far as we know right now, this is he said she said until we get to the bottom. And right. that's where so I'm there was always the, at until don't I get talk f- shit about my vocalist. That's right? where and I'm so always it was at. Like, let us get to the bottom of it. Yeah. So then they got to the bottom of it and they found out mm. that it was fuck- okay. not that, he's not about that shit. No, he's not. None of them are. Steve-O, Matt, dude, none of those guys are about that. None of us are. As soon as we heard everything from the people themselves, we were like, this is not good. Okay, we, yeah. we talked to witnesses that were there. We we're like, look, that's it. No more. We don't want anything to do with it. And then even as they got away with that, pro- you know, got him out of that process and out of the project, they were still catching shit. And, you know, they were like. And they booted him. I don't tried understand to do the that right either, thing, though. And, and we just want to start anew, you know. And so I was reluctant to have that opportunity because I heard. I, I don't think before. you should pigeonhole a band to that. You know, and Blasphemous but, gets that same fucking criticism. Yeah. Well, I mean, Isaac was the one that kicked those two guys out yeah. of the band. Yeah, Did exactly my point. Which I was, I totally, I was like, good for you, brother, for doing that. I, I actually agreed with Isaac in his yeah. perspective. And it, I mean, maybe that might be a little bit different of a situation. I can't speak for TV. It's almost Evan. on the same fucking, it's almost on the same plane, though, I, I feel. I, you know, my, my perspective's a little bit different. I have zero tolerance for it. I just don't. I've, I've gone, dude, I've lived through too much bullshit. I lived through the 80s, and I lived through that shit once, and right. now I'm living through it again. Yeah. And I know what happens if people don't stand up, and I'm not like, I'm not a Democrat anymore than I'm a Martian. <laughs> yeah. But uh, there's just a point in time when, like, there's just you know violence. Period. Yeah, is unacceptable. Right. In my, uh, just it's just bad. Bro. My point is they got rid of this and they are still getting the backlash from those individuals. I, you know I don't know anything more about it other than the initial response and then I saw pictures and I and I know Eric. I've been in bands with Eric and so have you. Yeah, yeah. and we Eric has talked openly about having emotional problems. Right, and seek help, bro. Right, evolve as a human. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I hope. In the future, Eric can be a better person and maybe have some reparation for what he did. The damage he did to that dude's head—that's yeah. insane, dude. Right. That's madness. That's I mean, aggressive. That's going into red and not bro. and not understanding yeah. your full. And then, and then, the then to train martial arts on top of which I do yeah, yeah, yeah. and he does. Yeah, I know. You know, I mean, it's like we don't train. Like I've never been in a dojo. I got in a fight one time when I was training at Bushutakon. I got in a fight. I got mugged outside of my office. No. I ended up in a fucking sling. You know, two dudes, me. And it ended up bad on all levels. I ended up going to the hospital. I came in my dojo the next day in a sling. I got in trouble for fighting because my fucking, my, my, uh. Because they don't teach that. No, my, my instructor, the first thing he says to me is, did you need to leave the building? <laughs> no, yeah, I'm going home. <laughs> I'm going yeah. home. Yeah. I mean, at that moment in time, you know, I was like, cause I, I, I yeah. Yeah, but you're going home. home. Yes, I'm going when home. You train, a, when you're, when you're training physically. Yeah. You got to have even more discipline. Even sorry, more yeah. self-control. You hear this with all the martial arts. They tell the kids, it's not for fighting. It's for self. Just bullshit. It's for punching motherfuckers in the face. It's Defending for yourself. And it's it's if you end up in that situation. Yourself no. against it's, it's danger. Thinking it's, you're fighting smarter. To that, right. to that point, though, when I went to Vashutakon, which is uh, we're actually one of the Blasphemous Creation members, trained for many years. Right. You know, my instructor, she was an Israeli Special Forces. And she told me, straight up, we train here to inflict as much damage as fast as possible to your opponent in order to self-preserve. 
Yeah. Now the great. the That's great. the caveat to that is, a hundred percent of the time, if you're able to walk away, walk away. And that's what we train you to do. Right. right. And if you put your hands on me, then that's going to be a different scenario. Right. And from what I know about that specific incidents, that's not the case. Many, many chances to walk away. Yeah, that was not so that even be the there. Yeah, that wasn't the case. So I, I'm not going to offer any more commentary on that because I don't know. And these are people that. Yeah, we can we can move on from here. Yeah, but uh, it's just uh, in my own, my own personality. When I come back on the music scene, I yeah. want to see. I want to see community. I want to see support. Yeah. Well, that's that. And I'll be the first one to toss somebody from a show. Like well, I used to with the skinheads. Get they, the fuck out of here. They bro. did that as a band, <laughs> as a collectively, as a band, they've done that. They, they, they eliminated themselves from that, that aspect. So the, why they're getting the backlash still is still, I, I, I don't understand. That's the point. I don't understand. I don't know. Why I don't know enough about it to offer any kind of, uh, yeah. Productive commentary. Will, will, just observations, you know, just yeah. obs- personal observations. So, yeah. um, I hope the music scene is thriving and healthy. I th- we still have, you know, the talent. The talent's still out there. So, what are you, what are you going to do now that FTR is done? Oh, do I got, like I said, I'm, I'm right now. I jumped into this project that the drummer, you know, couldn't make it because of the family issues. So yeah. I'm like, you know, if you need me, I'm here. Yeah. And so I just I learned 15 songs in a month and oh, let's go. Awesome. Yeah. So is, is like Chuck retired from the music scene? No, he's not retired. <laughs> okay. So uh, I saw him make some Facebook announcement, but like the well, two he, seconds. He was about to say Mexico. no. Well, yeah. 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 I love he's Chuck. like I need a fucking vacation. Chuck. Oh, how can you not <laughs> love Chuck? Chuck is, yeah, he, he, I love Chuck. He was, he was, we got him on here too. Yeah. Uh, but he he's not he's not fully out. He's just he wants to get all his ducks in a row before he comes back out. And yep. he—that's why he couldn't say it at the actual show. He's not fully done. He just wants to make sure everything's locked in and solid and, and he ready wants to, to go spend before time he comes with back. his family. That's good for him, wife. you know. Yeah, Chuck and I didn't always agree on things, but yeah. he's been a good friend for many mm-hmm. years. Yeah, many, many years. Yeah, and always, I probably uh, unequivocally one of the most supportive. Yeah, yeah, people absolutely. Of the music scene. Yeah, guys, single-handedly has done more. Easily. by himself than oh, most yeah. people do easily yeah including mm-hmm. myself yeah i just i can't stand like the whole promoting aspect of it anymore. i'm not gonna fuck yeah. with it at all yeah. it drives me nuts no i just want to <laughs> show up and play man right yeah that's all i am yeah, and then i feel like i'm just getting sucked in and i got <laughs> why do i have to say anything i'm not gonna say anything uh, anymore yeah it's there's like you said nobody cares nobody cares <laughs> nobody cares anyway and i got 10 links while you're wrong right bro. yeah yeah i know just click on one of them <laughs> yeah man well uh, it was awesome to be here i appreciate yeah, thank you, you thank you for coming in dude. Yeah. and like i said we're gonna have you on here again we get Hell mike yeah. on here that's awesome thanks for letting me borrow the shades because this thing's fucking killing dude, me. i know <laughs> it's like, mike, you know, get your shit but it looks <laughs> good on the tube yeah. does it it does look oh, good yeah. on the video guys out the hot right you're all sweating dude i know yeah you're like i'm just sitting here oh my god bro one of those fucking stoners rolling out of the valley in wintertime with like my leather jacket. My, yeah. the first is, fuck Peavine, that's the first official sign yeah. of spring, right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. The tweaker with the leather jacket and the 10 <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, Eric, thank you so much for being here. This has been awesome. Yeah. It's, yeah. Awesome. it's been a long time waiting for, you know, to hear somebody with, you know, the rich history that you have. Yes. It's so cool to hear. Unfiltered. You know, un- and <laughs> that's how we like way. it. I love what it. What better way to hear it? But. Yeah, why Fucking why filter man. shit? You yeah. don't need to filter Who anything. Gives a shit. <laughs> Nobody's listening anyway. Ah, <laughs> you got like three viewers, or <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, not, especially not right now. <laughs> We're not even live, dude. <laughs> yeah, I am right. gonna like and subscribe. Yeah, yeah, yeah baby. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. All right. But otherwise, <laughs> we're, we're watching that, especially Mike. He's That's definitely right. watching that. Well, if you haven't yet, do me a favor. Go hit that like, hit that follow, hit that subscribe, all the good stuff. And we'll see you next time on the Dark Figures podcast. Have see a good ya. Day. Thanks, guys.